You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You're listening to a Countout Podcast. and welcome to Ring Post Radio. I am your host, Ryan Nineteen. With me, as always, is my fellow host, Scotty Edwards. Scotty, uh, how are you doing? It looks like you're. we're actually joined by a couple other people uh, over on your side of the screen. Uh, so how are you doing, Scotty? And can you introduce me, us all to your friends? Yes, yes. So uh, with me today is, uh, you know, the super elite. Oh, minus, okay, yeah. My, minus these two. They're not very super. So you, you see, oh. You see them? You see them? Yeah. Oh, well, now you see my chair. Uh, so, yes, I'm joined by the Super Elite today. No big deal. Uh, I'm doing great on this fine uh, Sunday morning. Yes, it is Sunday morning, which means tomorrow's Monday. What a shame. Uh, anyways, you know, d- d- we have a lot of wrestling to talk about, and that's good. Two things. I'm One, I'm glad if you're not watching the show on Twitch or YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, pretty much anywhere we stream the show on, if you're not watching the visual parts, then uh, I'm sorry for our audio listeners for missing out on this great visual bit. And number two, yes. uh, because you're joined by Super Elite, does that mean, is, can we confirm, is Scotty Edwards all elite? Is Scotty Edwards all super elite? Yes. Wow, congratulations. What an Thank honor. You. Do, you have, you. do you have a cool-ass theme music as well? Not yet, no, no. I just, uh, I just walk in the background like uh, Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa. I don't actually like have anything yet. It, uh, it's taking time. It's taking time. So just you gotta wait. You just gotta wait. Uh, but I'm already above Gallus and Anderson, so it's a it's a tough, weird situation going on. You're the you're the Jora Joel of Super Elite. Please don't ever say that again. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just you know made a comment that included hardy family office which is bad enough and i don't i don't want to hear that no no no, no. okay well i i think i think we're starting on the wrong foot so let's start on the right foot which is talking about wrestling uh that is the purpose of this show who would have thunk it uh and maybe, maybe I, I said let me start on the right foot but our first news topic of the day wow is returning women of wrestling is officially returning um they were gone for i think for like a year or like two years two three years or something um but it's officially announced uh that they are returning this is a report from deadline that uh viacom cbs announced today a new multi-year distribution agreement with the genie bus genie boost johnny bus owned wow women of wrestling marking the return of the league to television wow has been on access tv from 2019 to 2020 
So they're officially making their turn in the fall of 2022. Uh, of course, uh, Bus and I believe someone else, and also AJ Lee are going to be um, executive producing. So AJ Lee returns to wrestling, but also the return to wrestling is Tessa Blanchard has uh, also uh, returned to wrestling. And in this de- deadline article, they even bring up how Tessa Blanchard has returned despite being accused of bullying and using a racial epithet in 2020 by oh, a number nice. of they fellow wrestlers. So I'm glad yes. deadline actually included this, but uh, thought on wow thoughts on wow and their return. So I have a few thoughts because of course I do. Uh, First off, I was very happy when I saw AJ Lee was like in wrestling again and she was connected and she seemed to be, you know, an important part of WoW. I was like, oh, this is really cool. You know, she's in it because she wants to do something important, yada, yada, yada. I was like, I've, I was always a big AJ Lee fan and I will admit that and I will never not be a big AJ Lee fan. But, but literally since her announcement, it has just gotten worse. And worse and worse. And I just, I tried to like not pay, like, I didn't want to give attention to the Tessa thing because, you know, she, it just, we've gone to a point where she just doesn't deserve the attention. But listen, when you put out a shirt that says nuclear, that means you know how much of a problem you are and you're still not willing to apologize. And to me, that's a problem. To me, that tells me that maybe she hasn't grown from uh, everything. And if she apologized straight up and, you know, tried to show that she's improved, then that would be one thing. But you make a shirt that says nuclear and you instantly make me think, yeah, that that's not at all your intentions to get better. Um, I don't know anyone else from the rest of the roster. Like, I've never seen them. I guess I've seen Alex Garcia or Gracia or whatever her name is. Mm-hmm. Um She's not great. Uh, but the CBS thing was big. I was like, wow, really? I guess I guess if it's live, it makes sense because all of these companies want live content in any way. And, you know, if WoW is live, that's great because that could be every day of the year, unless they tape, of course. But in the end, uh, happy about AJ Lee but I I just don't have high hopes for it right now because the roster doesn't stack up to even the lesser rosters on television, you know? Yeah, because like you said, the two big names, I mean, there's a picture of, I think, like eight women um, Mm. or maybe 10. um, And they have their WoW champion from 2020 when they left off. Um, who I don't know the name of. Maybe I should pull that up. I think it's like Beast or something. Um, and I've never seen a wrestle. No, never have. I never watched WoW when it was on television. Um, watched I, it once. And? Watched it once. <laughs> Fair enough. But <laughs> I think it, it was like, I think Tessa and Santana Garrett were the crew. And like, I'm pretty sure both of them have like, not so many fans, so take that for what you will yeah i'm i'm pulling up their roster right now to see if i can see a um uh, silver lining not necessarily a silver lining (laughs) but just but just the sort of you know what what do we got here we got beast we got 
Faith Jeffries. I don't know who that is. We got Fire, which was Kira Hogan. So maybe we'll see Kira Hogan back. We got Havoc uh, from Impact, but she signed to him back. See, these are a lot of like decent people. None of these people are there now. Nevaeh, she's available. Okay, uh, well, that's stop. <laughs> um, Sassy Massey, aka Alicia Edwards. Diamante. I'm just going down the list. Ray Lynn was here. They basically what wow is is that they have a bunch of the female wrestlers but then they also give them like these like kind of like you know glow-esque names where it's like fire hazard jungle girl monsters of madness was a tag team sassy massey adrenaline chantilly shella i believe is this person thing that was ray lynn um uh tessa blanchard was like the only person of her own name holiday was in here i believe uh i forget which person what her wow name was but i believe thunder rosa was a part of this list as well they had a wrestler named krampus is that fun um yeah so it this is whatever no matter what i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie about this huge it's another monumental task about how uh big wrestling is becoming um and the networks are showing that that they are willing to put up money for it i mean they didn't disclose in this deadline article um, how much what kind of how much the deal is itself um uh, but being on syndication uh where you're in 160 markets representing 70 percent of the united states with deals that include cbs owned and operated stations and sinclair broadcast group that's big that is a big thing i mean it's not going to be like network television you're not going to be like going up against like your dynamites or whatnot it's going to be like kind of like ring of honor where it's like they're on at random hours um mm. But what is great about that is that, like, that is more wrestling. You have a promotion that is all female, which is also great. Um, and like you said, having AJ Lee in there is also awesome. And then, and then That's you it. get, and then you get Tessa, <laughs> yeah. And then you get Tessa, and it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Yeah. What it is, what it really is, really dumbs down to. Listen, like I always knew Tessa Blanchard would be back in wrestling. Never did I think for a second she wouldn't come back. She's very young she is talented like i'm not going to take away you know that she just has no talent in the world she has the talent she has the markability but in the end of the day it comes down to just being a good person and she has still yet to show that and she has yet to show remorse she's yet to show any uh, like when she let out her one statement when this all happened which was at the beginning of 20 20 mm-hmm. she didn't deny it she was just like i didn't say she, it. well she, no she denied she it did she didn't apologize it, yes. sorry don't i don't get words right all the time that's that's not fair uh, <laughs> but she, so she denied it but she didn't so i understand like some people want to deny 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 but when you have countless people back up these claims Almost, it it feels like it comes down to, listen, just apologize, just apologize, and you not only save your career, but then show that you're actually sorry. And she just has not done that again with the T-shirt that just is ridiculously bad. I I just ask, let me ask you, um, do you think she will ever actually apologize? No. No, no, no. I don't think she will. I well, 
And I'm not saying that as like a moment of her character. And to be clear, I'm looking at the, her statement as before. There isn't an apology in it. It's it's an up he uh, uh, outright denial of it basically, and then going into how bad racism is in America. Um, uh, but so the the question of of will she ever apologize? Truly, no, because I don't think she she believes whether or not she did it or not. She's her statement is that she denied it. And of course, we should say these are all allegations. We don't know anything for certain. There's a lot of evidence, but we're not <laughs> cops. We don't know. But these are all allegations that were going to going her way. Um, so, but she's denying those sort of things. She's denying that she said the N word. She's denying that she spat on La Rosa Negra. She's denying that this this instance has happened to other people as well. Um, uh, so I don't know what's happening with it. Uh, however, so I don't think she'll ever apologize. And if she will, you know, let's be honest. I don't want to make, maybe, maybe this is an aft comparison. I don't know. But maybe, if anything, we'll get an apology like Hulk Hogan had an apology. Where it's not in public to everybody and we won't know anything. Uh, unless otherwise stated, which will never happen. And we'll just have to accept that Tessa Blanchard is back. What's frustrating me about Tessa Blanchard being back and it being put into such a prominent position in a company um you know a company like women of wrestling is what does that mean for other people that have been i don't want to say cast aside but thrown out of the wrestling business for you know look at everything else look at speaking out i don't want to i don't want this to cascade into a green light for those kind of people are you talking about a certain villain villain uh fucking uh, who's back that is true marty scroll is back uh i'm talking about your david stars your joey ryan's these kind of assholes i don't want i mean we already saw that joey ryan try to get back sneak back in marty scroll new japan let him in and then the fans kicked him out again and well and the locker room he'll be back and he is back because he's coming back in puerto rico well no but he'll be like back in a place that i actually like can watch him i don't plan to watch him but like he'll be in some promotion mm-hmm. where you, it's just uh, it's such it's such a shame but i don't and, agree and, with and, and i should and i should say that like what a lot of those other people i just named like what they did i would i don't want to say more i don't want to, I, I should take that back i should walk back I should, i'm not going to say that what they did is worse or bad than everything all of bad. it's bad all of it's yeah. shitty all of it's terrible um but i don't want I don't want that. I don't want these people coming back. I don't think we need we've these made people it this back. Far. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's this is all frustrating. It is. It but, is. She'll be she'll be wild champion by the time it starts. Well, probably the first episode, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I am am excited for Wild to have this opportunity. I'm excited to see AJ Lee back. She's gonna be on commentary for all the episodes. I wouldn't producer. I, I would not be surprised that we see AJ Lee return in some fashion. It's wrestling after all. Um, mm-hmm. and I guess she has like a bad neck. I think she... Like I, that's what Punk said. She said in an interview with Izzy that uh, she is healed from all of her injuries, according to AJ Lee. So who who yeah, the heck knows? I can't believe Izzy got herself canceled this week. That was... Wow. All right, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um, uh, let's talk about uh, Super SmackDown. Uh, this... um, I believe it's SmackDown 
It's like SmackDown Supreme or something stupid. It's not even called Super SmackDown. <laughs> so you're telling me I can go to my local what what do what who does Supreme? Burger King? Does Burger King do do Supremes? I don't know. It sounds like Taco Bell. Oh uh, maybe yeah, yeah, Taco Bell. That's what it is. Taco Bell. We go to my local Taco Bell and we get a SmackDown Supreme. Um yeah, so apparently they are because of every other sports company uh, having shows and whatnot. SmackDown next week because of be, the World Series. World Series, thank you. I don't watch baseball. Um, what am I, a baseball fan? What am I, Scotty? Um, so because uh, SmackDown is moving off of Fox for the World Series, uh, they are moving to FS1, and they are making it a big time show by extending by thirty minutes. What that means is is that they are going to be extending by 30 minutes into the first half of AEW's Rampage, meaning this is the first time that a main roster show for WWE is will be going up against AEW. Um, I found the name, by the way. What is it? <laughs> Super Size SmackDown. <laughs> Great. So it's McDonald's. So it's, yes. Yes. You're welcome. God damn. Uh, I like SmackDown Supreme. I like <laughs> I do like SmackDown Supreme, but I mean that'll be the next week. That'll be that'll be not not yes. the next show. That'll be the week after that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So SmackDown Super Size Sack SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna call it SmackDown Supreme. <laughs> SmackDown Supreme, extending halfway into uh, Rampage. Um. The reason I bring this up as more of a newsworthy item is that uh, and this is not any sort of news that is coming out of the Wrestling Observer. It is more of a spitballing idea based off of trends and company history. But Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer is spitballing the idea that this might be seen as a test for Fox and for SmackDown and for WWE as a whole. And that if uh, the numbers do really well, this might be evidence for WWE and Fox to extend SmackDown as a whole by a third hour. Oh god! Which would make it fully uh, comparable. Um, for I do so. I guess my question for you, Scotty, is one: Do you think this this is a true test that could lead to a third hour? And two: um, If a then if that does mean that a third hour is coming, what do you think that what do you think that will mean for SmackDown and AEW as a whole? Well, first off, I thought they had a hard stop at ten because of local news. Who so? Yeah, so I'm not a hundred percent sure that's true. I'd have to, you know, pay attention to whatever goes on after SmackDown when I've watched it because I can't say I ever have. But uh, three hours of SmackDown is just not something anyone wants um, at all. And you know, my biggest takeaway wasn't even the fact that you know WWE clearly did this to you know. F- jump into rampage stuff it's on fs1 people need to realize like tnt is on a lot more channels than fs1 i mean a lot more homes than fs1 so i'm not really affected by that but you know tony khan went on on twitter and pretty much was like i can't wait to beat one of your for your you know main shows i was like you know i appreciate this guy because he's he doesn't like back down and he says like what he feels on twitter and whatnot uh but in the end my question is what makes people want to watch that half hour over rampage i know that they've announced two matches they've oh no three technically so the king and queen's crown semifinals 
for the SmackDown side of four matches. Uh, Naomi versus the returning Sonya Deville. Ooh. And Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks, which I'm guessing will be in that final half hour. Uh, so... And also a Brock Lesnar appearance. Yes, Brock Lesnar appearance on FS1 because, of course, it's also the final uh, SmackDown before the Crown Jewel event. So there's that, too. But uh, I I hope this doesn't mean three hours. I really don't. I I just don't think any wrestling show that isn't a pay-per-view should be three hours. Uh, We've seen it with Raw. I understand it ends up making you more money. And that's, in the end, what WWE will do if Fox is yes. But I can't imagine it being for the better. Yeah, I... Well, I so I'm going to look... I'm going to do the other perspective of being a... Of my, as you can see, my hands are, are like this. I'm going to look at it from the WWE business perspective. One of the reasons um, that they brought Raw as a three-hour show is that they can make more money. Because that is another hour of advertising. So if they are able to go a third hour, of course, are you te- like look look at Vince McMahon, look at Nick Khan. Of course, they want SmackDown to be three hours. Why would they not want SmackDown to be three hours? That's a whole buttload of more money in their pockets. Why would they not want to do that? Um, on the other hand, there's the other aspect of taking down a competition in rampage you know it's not dynamite but it's rampage and we've already seen that the rampage numbers no matter what kind of card booking you do it is all the numbers are always going to be the highest number you're going to have is at the top of the show and as the show goes on the more and more people are going to go to bed and be like yeah, i'm going to watch this tomorrow morning we talked about it a couple weeks ago when rampage was two hours i stayed up for those two hours and it was awful i did not <laughs> like doing that uh, I did not like staying up for two hours like that and going to bed at midnight. Um, as my and, and, and we talked about it at the time, where I was just like, I I don't want to do that again. Um, and this is you know, you know this is not two hours extension. This is just one hour for SmackDown to go to eleven. Um, but there is evidence suggesting that SmackDown could beat them. I mean, I don't know what it is nowadays, but back in the Wednesday Night Wars. There, there was, you know, looking at the minute by minute, it was basically like AEW fans were more apt to change channels to NXT, whereas NXT fans were not really changing channels to AEW. So I don't know after however long it's been, a year or so, if that still holds. If AEW fans are now like, you know, I will watch SmackDown or, oh, I've been watching SmackDown. I'll just stay for an extra hour and watch Rampage tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So... Th- I, there's a lot of different aspects in play. If you're WWE, you gotta go for the three hours. Why not? It's more money, and you can hurt the competition. If you lose this Friday, if Rampage has better numbers than you, then Vince McMahon is not gonna take that lying down, and he is going to find a way to make it be three hours to just hurt more. There's go- No matter what, I think something's gonna happen. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of what's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, taking FS1 numbers compared to Fox numbers, I need to, like, there's a very good chance SmackDown is not watched by half of what they usually do on Fox, let alone um, even close. So, to me, you take this with a grain of salt, but I do appreciate the confidence that 
Khan has in, you know, hey, if you want to go against us, that's fine. But, I'm, you know, we're going to beat you. And really, I think that's all you can hope for out of a promoter, um, you know. But I think we're probably going to make too big of a deal out of the AEW versus WWE thing. I think a lot of people do. Um, of course, it is what it is. In the end, at the end of the day, it won't matter. It it really won't because if SmackDown's going to three hours, then that's more so for money than to stop Rampage from getting views, in my opinion. Yeah. And and Vince McMahon is going to like the idea of stopping Rampage. Nick Khan's going to like the idea of going having more money. I mean, he's the he's the chief. Uh, what is what is he? He's the chief mon- fire officer. <laughs> yeah, the fire officer. He, that's a good one, actually. Uh, chief monetization office. He's a guy that's, that sounds right. So he's he's he wants to make as much money as possible. So he well, has I- a lot of say in making money, and that's about it. Um, going down the line of other news bits, I just want to update uh, our audience at home. I made a big stink about IATSE last week. Uh, can I give you an update about it, Scotty? If I said no, would you keep, would you say it anyways? <laughs> no, no, I know you're you're part of the host. You're part of the host oh, team. So. Well, yeah, I'll give you the update. Uh, so last week I talked about the potential vote. The vote happened. The vote results were revealed last Monday. Uh, the vote had 90% of IATSE union members voted, and that 90%, uh, 98% of them voted yes on striking. Wow. <laughs> Tough to be that, too. <laughs> so, yeah. Tough to be that, two percent <laughs> They're like, that's oh, oh, good. Um, so uh, just to update you, that doesn't mean a strike is happening. That means a strike has been authorized. So if IATSE, who is the, just a reminder, the, you, the crew unions that have the camera guys, the lighting rigs, everything that's going to run your production. Um, they are the people that are uh, handling all of that, basically. Right, uh, bro. Uh, uh, they could potentially strike. We have entered five days of negotiations, and they're going. They're, there's been some wins that have leaked out and for that are wins for IATSE. Um but it, you know, it's it's not. We're days away. According to the uh, president of IATSE, we're days away from either a strike or a uh, deal. Re- a, a deal. So it's maybe getting, next week, heated. maybe getting. next week, we'll find out if a strike is happening. And again, if a strike happens, that's going to affect Raw and AEW, or Raw SmackDown, AEW, all the likes of that. So nice. Well, jokes on you. I'm a big fan of. Uh... Um, um, I was trying to think of like the most ridiculous promotion possible, and <laughs> I could not think of one off the top of my head. The good, the great thing about IATSE, uh, is that it only affects American stuff. So let's head on over to another ridiculous promotion in AAA, uh, a Mexican promotion <laughs> where uh, it is officially announced that Kane Velasquez is returning to AAA. Yes, and they also accidentally seemingly revealed the uh, surprise team for. Um, dynamite this week, but going to Cain Velasquez. This I feel, I understand why he went to WWE, yeah. and it's because they probably offered him a stupid amount of money. Because for some reason they thought, well, you know what, Brock Lesnar and him fought in UFC, so that means people are going to care when they fight in WWE. And I remember when they were doing that, I was like, listen. 
UFC fans aren't necessarily WWE fans. They don't care about Cain Velasquez. Mm-hmm. Cain Velasquez, no offense to the poor guy, has negative charisma. Like, there is nothing there. He he's, What he was in UFC was just a badass to beat people up. That's what he was supposed to be because it's UFC. You don't need charisma to be a star. You just need to win. Well, I was about to say, I was like Conor McGregor, though. Well, he's a star, but yeah. like you, all you do is need, you need to win and you need to win consistently. To, to be a pop culture star, you need charisma. To be a UFC oh, yeah. star, you need to fucking kill it's, people in the ring. Yes, and that's what he did. But when he went to WWE, I was like, this makes zero sense because what he seemingly wanted to be as a wrestler was more than just, hey, I used to be a UFC guy. Let me fight that way. Like, he was doing Harakaranas and shit when he made his debut in AAA. I'll never forget it. He wore a mask. Like, there was everything that he he pretty much gave away everything to do that one WWE match, and then he got released. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, he did nothing else. I remember they said that he was going to win the Royal Rumble. Like, there were rumors about that. I was like, he is not going to win the Royal Rumble. We're not doing this. Uh, but I'm happy for him because I think hit uh, for AAA and for himself, this is the right move. I think if he wants to be a wrestler, that's where he should go. Uh, it brings some eyes to AAA. And for him, it's a good way to keep learning because he did show some signs of being good in the ring, you know, before the WWE stuff. So I'm hopeful that... You know he's all healthy and uh, he can be. Um, I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna say like a star, but I mean they'll probably push him to the moon because he's a UFC proven guy. But I'm just hoping he shows out. Noah had their N1 tournament uh, a couple like last week, and then they also had the last weekend. They had the title match today. Of course, the last weekend was the finale of the N1 with Nakajima defeating Kano to win the whole dang thing. Uh, and then, like you said, the last night was the what was the show? What was the goddamn show called? Uh, had I think it, it was technically this morning. Grand Square in Osaka was also yes, technically mm-hmm. this morning. Um, where spoilers? I already spoiled myself. It's okay. Uh, where Nakajima was able to defeat uh, Marafuji to win the GHC heavyweight title. So. Yeah, I know you watched the N1, Scotty. So thoughts on the N1, thoughts on Nakajima winning, and I guess thoughts on him winning the title afterwards. Well, I will not say the N1 was the best tournament I've seen this year. Uh, it, To me, oh, in terms of you know overall quality, it was definitely below the five-star. Uh, it's below the G1, but I will say they had some really good matches in it. Um, Nakajima was probably, you know, the the shining star, which is good. You know, you want your winner to be the one to be the most impressive. Um, his final Aquino was great. I loved it. I think they just pretty much went in there and beat the bleep out of each other. And I think that's really all you want in a wrestling match sometimes is when the stakes are the highest, how do the wrestlers perform? Do they mm-hmm. go out of their way to destroy one another? And that's exactly what they did. Um, I thought the f- final was good. The final day was pretty good. Um, you know, I don't watch Noah religiously at all, but I will watch like some of their big stuff because that's just how wrestling works. Like you'll watch big things once in a while. They have a very old roster, uh, but I'm happy Nakajima picked up the belt. That's what I would have done. I think he's probably like my favorite 
there if that like I, i'm not i'm not gonna like go out of my way and say he's like one of my favorite wrestlers in the world but mm-hmm. i much rather watch him because you know he has the type of offense that i appreciate is he he's got a certain um certain trait to him that's really enjoyable to watch so the n1 if i was to give it a grade probably like a b because i thought the final two days were really good mm-hmm. uh but I did. I could not get myself to watch every tournament match just because they weren't always too good. Like at least with the G one, I still don't watch every match. I was not watching Chase Owens versus Tamatonga. I I did. Even though you gave me a rating that was better than I expected, I could not do it. I just was like, I'm not going to pay attention to this, and I'm just not going to waste my time. Mm-hmm. But. Plus, you like, can't even tweet about it and get any sort of clout. You're, you got blocked by those guys. Well, I blocked, yeah, Tamatonga blocked me, and I blocked Chase Owens because I don't want him to see my tweets about him. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, M1, pretty good if you go mostly past uh, by the last two days. Um, B might be a little high, but I, I just remember the final, and I thought it was a great, great tournament final. And the last bit of news here that I wanted to give out as well is that uh, announced at uh, Impact's Knockout Knockdown show, their Impact Plus show. Say that 10 times fast. The Impact Knockouts Knockdown show, Impact Knockouts Knockdown show, the Impact Knockouts Knockdown show. All right, all right. Uh, that the inspiration are officially coming to impact. They'll be making their debut at Bound for Glory. Inspiration, of course, is the new name for the Iconics. Uh, I assume it's going to be Cassie Lee and is Jessica McKay. Jessica McKay? Jessica Jess- McKay? Jessie McKay is going to be the name. I don't know. Um, so the inspiration officially coming to Impact and be arriving at Bound for Glory. Thoughts on the inspiration in Impact? I I know what took so long. Like I know they had like work through work visas and whatnot, but at the same time, what took so long? Like this was the spot for them. I mm-hmm. I. The moment they were released, I feel like everyone said the Iconics need to go to Impact. It just made all the sense in the world. So I'm happy for them. I'm happy for them. I think it's a good addition to Impact because it brings, you know, I think what they have together is a very charismatic group. You know, they're not like the best wrestlers in the world, but that's fine. You don't always have to be the best wrestler. This is, this is a show that's not just about the in-ring stuff. Mm-hmm. So it works out for them. I think it's a great fit. And uh, I actually look forward to seeing what they do. And I look forward to a t-shirt that says the inspirations in impact and the inspiration has the two eyes and then impact has the two eyes. I was thinking about that as I was talking about them. So I'm pr- same, same life thing. Yeah. Hit great. me up impact. Uh, if you don't, I'll, if not, I'll DM Garrett Kidney to then DM you guys. Yeah, um, and then we'll make an evil shirt. Yeah, and then evil will have two two eyes. Because Bullet Club <laughs> is in uh, Bullet Club's in Impact, so we can we can make that work and be like, hey, give us an evil shirt with two eyes. Can and we then... have can we have a picture of actually of evil with the inspiration, and so it's evil with two eyes. <laughs> And he and he's, all, and he's also dressed like Jessica McKay and so and now Cassie I need Lee. now I need leather high boots. <laughs> I need the inspiration to join the House of Torture, which, <laughs> which you know some people watching their matches could think that already. So we'll see. Hot we will damn. see. Hot uh, damn. But yeah, go uh, go good good for inspiration. I think it's a very good fit. 
I agree. I agree. I think I think it's perfect fit for Jessica McKay. I think her her f- comedy or her promo style, her match ethic and stuff is also good. I think She's Peyton Royce. Funny. I think Peyton Royce is a better wrestler than McKay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think overall, I think. Uh, I, I mean, think, they'll be tag champions instantly. Yeah, instantly. I, I, I'm not. I, I'm. I'm not afraid of uh, Havoc and Rosemary holding on to those titles for that much longer. But I also think uh, they they aren't they weren't the best wrestlers. But I think they are certainly trained well enough to bring a good dynamic into the Impact Women's Division, which is already pretty solid. I think it just needs more, you know, wrestling skill. Now they have it with Gail Kim, Awesome Kong um uh mickey james and i think you know it's gonna keep going that way you may you confused me i was like gail kim's back wrestling and then i was like oh no no, that's not at all what you meant i that was i got excited for a second i'll like, oh, go cool. you know because gail kim versus uh diana Perazzo makes actually a lot of sense but you didn't say that so it yeah. does feel like though that they are building to that you would think so right like that yeah. makes the most sense like i for <laughs> We'll preview Bound for Glory next week, I think. Yes. Nope. Yes. Yeah, because it's on the Saturday, so we'll actually be able to review it. Oh, um, yeah, I need to catch up on Impact. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, it's weird time. It's like at 10 o'clock. Um, oh, yeah. Cause it, yeah. Cause cause it's they... in Vegas, and it's after uh, the Dynamite that's on Saturday. Yeah, they specifically moved it to 10 because they want to be after Dynamite. Yeah, is there two dynamites on Saturdays in a row? Yes. Gross. Yeah, it's going to be on the 16th and 23rd, two Saturdays. Oh, yeah. Dynamite this week is on Saturday. Wild. Uh, I don't even remember what I was talking about. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's do that. Yeah. Let's move on to MLW Fightland. MLW made their official debut on Vice. Uh, with a two-match show with Fightland, a big sort of MLW, not pay-per-view, but sort of like big TV special kind of event. Um, Have they ever had a pay-per-view? What's that? Have they ever done a pay-per-view? Like a shoot actual pay-per-view? I don't think so. I don't recall if they've ever done one. Okay. All I remember is like you can just watch everything online on YouTube, which which is cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they got two shows. This is out of the 2300 Arena um so let's talk about this show comment oh wait hi i was very confused <laughs> i i looked at the commentary and i thought it said rich Pacini or whatever it is i confused that with ian riccavani <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah no, i was like no, i was no, like no, what no. ian riccavani's on the show <laughs> this guy used to be the uh nxt announcer at one time who commentator rich, rich? yeah he was the really? nxt commentator like way back with like william regal on the squad i remember him you're welcome and then he got released oh i'm looking into it. oh he did and he did main yeah. event mm-hmm. wow i did not know that about him oh that's like, yeah that's new you're, information for me you're welcome well he's pretty he's not bad that and i remember hearing his voice and i was like he's <laughs> good he's good I, yeah. I think he's real good um let's talk about the show um well i typically like starting off the main event but uh for reasons no. we'll talk about in a second uh, we'll start off with the first match, which was the MLW middleweight title four-way match with uh, uh, Aramis Arez, Myron Reed against Yoshihiro Tajiri. Not a, I made it sound like it was a three-on-one. It's all four of those guys fighting each other with Tajiri getting the win 
um, over those other three guys. So Tajiri is the new MLW middleweight title holder. Uh, Scotty, thoughts on this match? The All Japan Booker won the MLW middleweight championship because why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. You know, it's a good way for it was a good match to introduce MLW to Vice, I thought, because, you know, a lot of high flying action. Uh, you have a name in there like Tajiri that, you know, some people know. Uh, if you watch WWE during the 2000s, you know who Tajiri is. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think Myron Reed is a young star. I think he's very good. Um, he does a lot of crazy things. Um, Aramis is very good as well. And Arez is very good. So, you know, doing high flying anything, I always think is a good opener. And, you know, this is a two match episode. They didn't involve everything that was recorded that night, mm-hmm. but thought it was a good opening. Um, exactly what you look for uh, in a debut you know, opening match to Jerry with the win. Great shock. He did the mist that popped a lot of people. Um, and they had, they did some crazy stuff in this, like the Myron Reed cutter where he jumps over the top rope and yeah. onto the floor. That's awesome. Uh, that's not, I think that's the second time I've seen him do that. I think I watched him do it against Leo rush uh, when they were doing their little rivalry, which was really good, mm-hmm. but, and to Jerry winning again, that's just, kind of crazy it's crazy move at the same time um i think it interests people because he looked to jerry didn't look out of place he looked still you know capable of wrestling which is always a good thing um mlw's weird like in the end mlw's a weird promotion makes me have a lot of thoughts makes me think like do i like this or do i not like this i don't know what i'm doing here and like i don't know if we're going to talk about the embedded show so i'll save on that because i have a few thoughts about that mm-hmm. but uh good opener i i thought it was a good opener i thought aramis arez minor read were great i was not hot too hot on tajiri i i thought tajiri played his part well yeah but like that's having it but like it's because he's in a four-way where we he, we can protect tajiri putting the title on him is like Weird. a cool spot but it is weird because it's like now you have him as champion. <laughs> now I got to see a singles match with Tajiri, yeah. and I'm not too confident that Tajiri is going to be all that great. On the other hand, there's also Myron Reed. I don't know. Myron Reed's not a heavyweight in this promotion. What do we do with Myron Reed? If not, he's leaving the company altogether. But I, well, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not saying that that's a thing. But I don't know. Like, he, is he? He's just gonna fight Tajiri over the title. I'm guessing. Like, what are we doing with Myron Reed now? Aramis Arez, they're doing the sort of ECW luchador thing. I get it. Um, Aramis, some people call him a good Rey Mysterio person. Um, Excuse me? Not, what did you just not, say? I don't call him Rey that. Mysterio I don't think he's that. Person? Uh, yeah. That doesn't even make sense. You don't that make sense. That didn't... That was... What? <laughs> some some people compare Aramis to Rey Mysterio. Uh, uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. Um, uh, I don't... Better I, than Sinkara, I guess. Good point. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it's a, it's a, we, it's MLW good match, kind of weird booking, Mm. but I guess I'll, I'm going to watch to see how it goes. And that's MLW. Yeah. I, I, I understand what you said with Tajiri. Like he wasn't, I mean, I only remember his, you know, final sequence of the miss them buzzsaw kick. Yeah. So that's really what I'm going off of at the top of my head. Cause I was like, he made that look cool and the fans loved it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, he did the miss. Great. Yeah. Um, 
That's basically yeah. what he did. He he. I I was paying attention to Jerry the entire match. He was not really that involved in the match. Didn't need to be because he had you know the three high flyers. Well, Myron Reed's a little bit of everything, but I like Myron Reed. I hope he like you know isn't just stopped and put in only middleweight. I understand he's not a heavyweight, but like that's never mattered in American wrestling. Like that's never stopped someone so if they wanted to say oh he's a heavyweight now because he put on five pounds and great do that he put on a heavier uh, chest protector bingo actually i like his new like chest protector thing because i did not like the baseball chest protector that bothered me so i like the new setup yeah i agree well let's actually let's talk about uh mlw embedded uh middle of the show they launched officially mlw so embedded weird. uh it had it was hosted by alicia toot with uh, a bunch of wrestling I think it's a pundits. Tout. I think it's a tout. I don't think it's a toot. A tout is a uh, it's kind of like a vine, but it's more of like yeah, a yeah. No, no, yeah, just just keep going. We're not doing. We're not talking about tout. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then of course it, would ho- uh, it had guests by wrestling pundits, including Dave Meltzer, and they talked about uh, WWE potentially being sold. They talked about AEW potentially signing Kevin Steen, El Generico. Uh, they talked about, um, I think they talked about another thing, but at the very least, then they talked about uh, Will Ospreay coming to MLW, which was cool, yeah. but they announced Will Ospreay, they, they built him last, but he was announced earlier in the show. So yeah. it wasn't, it, and Alicia was like, I got a big reveal. And it was like, oh, we already announced the guy. So it yeah, wasn't. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. What's uh, happening. But thoughts uh, on Embedded. <laughs> I understand the idea. Like, I understand what they're going for. They're like trying to have this, um, you know, halftime show of sorts, like where, you know, they talk about everything. And, but I've always thought that, you know, when a promotion is taking attention away from itself, it's very weird. And like, they were talking about AEW and WWE more than their own promotion. Yeah. And like, I like the idea of, oh, yeah, you got a bunch of, you know, wrestling insiders and whatnot, like together for once. And you had Meltzer on there. So, like, that's instantly, you know, big enough. But at the same time, I, it doesn't fit. It just, I don't think, I just didn't think it fit in the middle of the show. It was very weird. Uh, you could have did another match in there. Um, you know, like, this is your first time on vice and i guess that's also probably why they did it you know hey we're willing to talk about anything at all times Mm -hmm. but like you're mlw you're trying to grow let's not talk about kevin steen you know let's not talk about el generico i I thought it worked out you know the way because they ended up turning it into talk about osprey which you know is a big deal. I think that's the only thing they should have done. That would have fit the show. It would have fit the show. Be like, or kicked oh, we got off the- embedded with the ML, the Osprey news. Right. Yeah. Either way, like, not save it till the end. When I'm like, what are we doing here? Um, I saw the happiness in Dave Meltzer's face about Osprey. I like. I very much noticed that. Um, Osprey and MLW is a weird one to me. Very weird because. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> like he's, we. I he's, don't have we seen us. They did a bunch of obviously tapings for NW and New Japan Strong, but he hasn't oh. been on New Japan Strong yet. 
No. Right? And like he just wrestled that like in, I forget the promotion. Rev Pro. North, North no, he just wrestled at Northeast Wrestling show like oh, really? last week at he, in Connecticut. In the middle of Connecticut. I was like, why what is happening? Like I understand like you want to get dates and you want to wrestle, but the whole basis around who you are is you're the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, and you're wrestling on a show in Connecticut that no one's ever going to see besides people in Connecticut. Look, no offense to the people in Connecticut, but new uh, is I, new is generally a weird promotion because they bring in random people all the time. Like they brought in Moxley when he first left WWE. I was like, yep. what is this company? Who are these people? What is this yeah. promotion? I I'm. They have like no, I, uh, they have no, they have like no streaming or anything practically. It's a big deal for MLW. I'll say that like people Osprey being there will make people watch. But yeah, what's his destination there? You know, I don't, I don't see a place that he fits the MLW style. I MLW is not work rate. And that's everything Osprey's supposed to be. So cool. <laughs> yeah. just, I don't know. I don't uh, I probably just put way too much thought into it. <laughs> I yeah, I, I think Osprey's a wait or see because he he we he had that really great match in Rev Pro that we didn't talk about. Um but apparently he had a really great match in Rev Pro. New is very strange. Uh embedded is strange, doesn't fit. I think it'd be better as like a post show sort of thing. But I also you also have to remember that MLW also has like a podcasting network. So like I thought of it as that of like think of it you have to think of embedded as like a podcast really. Like this right. show. And so <laughs> but the problem is it's in the middle of another show. But I also thought of it in terms of like wrestling kayfabe. Um like they started off with here's the WWE company that you know about. Like if you're a new, if you're a WWE fan and you're watching MLW for the first time, we are going to talk about WWE and how it's not that great right now because it might be selling soon. Oh, and then we're going to talk about AEW as well. And these are some things that could be happening with AEW. And here we're now we're going to talk about MLW. And here's what's happening in MLW that we're getting the IWGP Heavyweight Champion Will Ospreay. So it was like we're going to take WWE down a peg. We're going to talk about, like, oh, that could be a cool thing for AEW, but then we're going to talk about a, a cool-ass thing that's happening in MLW. I felt like, in a weird way, they set up that kayfabe-ness in a weird way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, it's just... It's weird. I, I, I think the idea of the show, like, belongs in wrestling, in a sense, because, you know, it's cool to have all those thoughts out there, especially with, like, insiders, you know, yeah. uh, you got Raj Meltzer and the other two that I cannot remember the name of because that's I'm sorry. Uh, mostly it's Ian, Ian Riccoboni and Evil, actually. Yes, yes, correct. Always. Um, I don't know how we ended up there, but uh, I understand where you're coming from. Is it was? It's weird. I'm not saying it's not weird. <laughs> I'm I'm yeah, just saying like okay. I'm like okay. thinking about like MOW has a podcasting network. They're you know this is how they kind of formatted it. So I think that's what they were going for, but I'm saying it didn't land. They also didn't show the Opera Cup. No. <laughs> no. I was very confused. I was like, you didn't show any of the like big tournament you've been hyping. Instead, you showed me this. Let's, to, 
Jerry. Yeah. I we spent more time talking about embedded than I think anything else on this show so far. All right, then we have to move on. <laughs> I can't embedded is so weird. I cannot believe this show. But we're gonna see more of it. Well, I guess is Vice is it is is MLW now on Vice Weekly? No clue. Couldn't tell you. Court Power didn't tell say anything, so like, I don't is, know. like, is they are they gonna be on MLW? Like, is what I don't even know. Fusion is. I thought Fusion was on Wednesdays on YouTube. What? Well, is I know they're supposed to be on there, like yeah, long term. But I don't think they made an announcement that like, hey, next week, watch this on Fusion Alpha. Or there was they... no, there was nothing insinuating. We'll come in next week for a cool card. No. Not even, no, not at all. I have no idea what they're doing. MLW is a very weird promotion. Like, every time I watch it, I'm like, what am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, just let's get to the main event. Main event was your MLW World Heavyweight title and national openweight title. Title for title match. Alexander Hamilton defeating Jacob Fatu uh, to win and retain the national openweight title, and win the heavyweight title. Officially, this two-year story has come to a close with Hammerstone winning. Yay. Uh, my biggest takeaway from this entire match was, why are they here? Interesting. Like, I don't mean to sound mean to MLW, but I'm looking at Jacob Fatu, and I think this guy would be a star literally any. Because even in WWE, and you know why he has that guarantee? He's a Fatu. He's in the damn family. Like, this guy would be at the very top instantly. He has everything about him that makes him this perfect monster. And, but and he can also... I'll, I'll be honest with Fatu. Big Umaga energy. <laughs> big time. Big time. He's very athletic, though. Uh, I, do think he's doing that, I do think he's doing that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, he dresses... He has the same exact, like, dress. Like, he has the tight black pants and the... Um, taped feet. Taped feet. So, it's very much similar. But I feel like these two felt very WWE. Hammerstone feels very WWE. I don't know if you felt that way, but, like, this guy is humongous. Like, he is huge. He's not, like, this ring technician or anything. Um, you know, he's a guy to have at the front of your company, and that's why him being the guy to beat Fat 2 made all the sense in the world. Um, I think Jacob Fat 2 is I, – I think he's signed with MLW for, like, another couple of years, but MLW contracts work just as well as, like – I don't know, contract with GCW. Like, there's, no, to me, there's no exclusivity. Like, remember exclusivity? when, yes, remember when the Lucha Bros went to AEW and ML, and Corp Bauer was like, yeah, they're still, uh, still an MLW contracts with us. They never were seen again on MLW. So, my, and MJF was also on MLW and he just left. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Like so, I, it feels like if someone wants Jacob Fatu, they can get, I f and I think anyone should want. Him. I think AEW should want him because if you are able to oppose WWE with a fat two, when like it's pretty much saying, "Hey, we got one of the Samoan family members, and he's a star, and we can make him a star." I feel like that would be a huge move for them, and they don't need him right now. 
per se, but down the line makes a lot of sense. But as part um, of as part of the bloodline. Yeah, well, what if he's just like the Samoan destroyer and he just destroys everyone? Like that would be pretty good. He doesn't have the uh, he, he doesn't have the Usos anymore. Bring in Fatu and have right, him like, run, run people over. He just has this. He has an actual aura around him. Um, he's just an absolute beast. And I guess what they did with him as world champion, credit to them. Uh, and you know, Hammerstone, I guess is the guy. The match itself, it was fine. Um, I thought. You know, Fatu hitting that moonsault in, like, the corner on the outside was pretty cool. And then him hitting the moonsault through the table but not winning was a little frustrating. But it is what it is. I would have, you know, kept rolling with Fatu, but that was not the story here at all. If you yeah. follow MLW, it was yeah. all about Hammerstone. I thought the match was good. It is it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I, I, I think it was slightly disappointing because I thought the match would be even more over the top of everything. But... You know, it, it is what it is. It should also be noted that during the match, Hammerstone seem, seemingly suffered an injury. It's hard to tell of MLW sometimes when the, the report comes he out of MLW. Out. He tweeted out a nasty-looking ankle. I saw the video uh, of slowed down of his ankle. It's basically like he, I think he did a drop kick and then like landed or something. Whatever he did, he did a move where when he put his foot down, it just like it, the ankle twisted and bent. And it looks disgusting. Um, but, uh, luckily he seems, seems to be okay. I don't, there's no report about how long he's going to be out or whatever, or whatever. Um, uh, but I'm excited to, for it. I thought the match was pretty good. It wasn't amazing. I was kind of disappointed, but I do think that part of it is probably because Hammerstone got hurt. So, you know, obviously it went down a couple levels mm-hmm. when that happens and I don't blame anybody for that. Um, Jacob Fatu interested to see what happens with him moving forward. Hammerstone, we have this national open weight title. What's happening with this thing? Is he going to Keith Lee it? Where he's going to give it up? Is he going <laughs> to combine it? Like, what is he going to do with that? Uh, so I'm excited at the very least to see what's moving forward with MLW there. Um, I just wish that Fightland said what's coming up next. You know, That's, they did. They told you that Tom Waller was doing something. I don't know what you're talking about. He's in the Opera Cup. What else is he doing? That's about it. And yeah. he was just, he was like, they have, so I don't know if you've ever seen like a UFC show, but they do the exact same graphic of like events to come. Yes. And it was like, boom, boom, boom. One of them was like MLW in Philadelphia. I was like, isn't MLW in Philadelphia right now? <laughs> so that was one of them. And then the other one was MLW on Thanksgiving. I was like, great. But there was a Tom Lawler match. I think it was his Opera Cup match that I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, oh yeah, but, uh, they have intimidation games coming in Philly uh, in November six. That's the next coming big show. Intimidation games, nice. So there you go. Maybe that's Hammerstone's first defense as the double champion. I don't know. Ah, uh, yeah. The main question is what happens to Jacob Fatu. That's really <laughs> what I felt. I agree. I think Jacob Fatu is great. I think I think where if he stays, if he goes, I think Court Bauer even stated before that he's like WWE passed on Hammerstone and Fatu. I don't know why they did that, but I grabbed them and they're great. <laughs> like I like he even himself was like, I don't know what WWE was thinking because these guys are awesome. <laughs> yeah, WWE just signed Sefa Fatu. Yeah. So like, I don't think they'll pass again. <laughs> if they get a chance, <laughs> I think the I think the problem is uh, he's, he's too big of an indie star now, and 
but it's also like, well, he's also ginormous. You bring him in. And he's a fat too. He's a fat too. <laughs> um, let's move right on down to stardom. Let's talk about stardom. They had the, uh, the Saka Joe Hall show, uh, the officially called Stardom 10th Anniversary Grand Final Osaka Dream Cinderella Osaka Mecca Stardom! Exclamation we mark. But, we don't say the last part. The last part's just too much. I said it because it's there, and it has an exclamation mark, so I wanted to go over the top. To be fair, all of it was too much. How dare you, <laughs> but, sir? Uh, so on the ninth, I'm to say that. On the ninth, they had this Osaka Joe Hall show, 1,441 in attendance, um, with a bunch of stuff uh, happening, of course, throughout the show. So let's review it real quickly. I only was able to see the semi-main and the main, so I'll give my thoughts there, but I'll walk you through this, Scotty, and we give your, get your thoughts on the matches that oh, took boy. place. Good. Oh boy. Um, if you have any thoughts about any matches that took place, I should say. Oh, I have thoughts. Pre-show tag team match. You can all. Odeo Tai. You didn't watch this. You didn't watch didn't it. Watch R- this. Rina Saka and Rina and Sa- Saka Kashima defeated no. Lady C and Waka uh, Suyaka- oh, whole Sukiyama. Sukiyama. Yes, Sukiyama. The whole point of this match was pretty much once Konami got ruled out because she had a, a sickness that I, you know it was tough yeah. um she her match with sherry got put off it was pretty much for saki to challenge sherry later in the show mm-hmm. and they would have a match for the swa world title and the world title match that sherry won at the five star because for some reason we had to add the g1 stink to it which is very unfortunate but yeah that's about it from that Future of Stardom title match, Ruwaka defeats Unagi Sayaka uh, to, to win the new... She's the new Future of Stardom title champion. Ruwaka has done it. Thoughts on this match? Uh, very happy for Ruwaka. I thought she wrestled a good match here. Um, Unagi does really well at being an underdog, and I thought she took a lot of punishment in this match to make Ruwaka look like a bigger threat. And I was a, I was a little bit stunned. But at the same time, I was very happy because I think Unagi doesn't need to be a features champion anymore. Uh, she's been, you know, the main ass, the main part of stardom for a while. And uh, I understood the reign. I understood why they gave it to her. But uh, Ruaka is definitely the best choice moving forward. I yeah. Think. I think after watching the five star with Unagi, I think this loss was an elevation of anything mm-hmm. like it, we're, we're we're taking the title off of unagi because we're gonna push her up the card yeah and they did a plenty they did some uh oedo type bs so it's not like she lost purely clean yeah um so that also helps yeah i i completely agree it's just a matter of where up the card does she go tag divisions single um, titles oh i already know where she goes where's she going we, we got a challenge later <gasps> in the night which is just <gasps> pain which we'll get to Perfect. So let me know when that challenge comes up because I haven't written down. I'm going off a cage match here. Um, we got Teen Marvelous of Maria. Maria, I just I assume her name is just Maria. And it's Rin, just Maria. And Rin Katakura <laughs> uh, defeating the team of the Cosmic Angels, uh, Mina Shirakawa and Mai Sakura, Sakurai. Mai Sakurai? Guys, yes, give me a break. Is... Give me a break, guys. Come on. Come on. Give yeah. Me, give well, me a break. I didn't say anything. Uh, to be fair, I'm the only person here. So fair. I didn't say anything. I just let you go. Uh, this was actually really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. 
there's this beauty in the way marvelous wrestles that i think a lot of people can enjoy um i thought maria looked like a star here and maria this was her stardom debut she's never wrestled in stardom before mm-hmm. uh and she showed out i thought she looked really good i think she's someone that a lot of people can latch on to uh because her style is more you know um submission and striking base which i think a lot of people can connect with um she had a good showing i thought any point where maria rin and mina were exchanging was good no offense to my sakurai she was good at taking the fall like that's what she was there for in the end happily marvelous one hopefully the relationship continues and these three for now are involved on a lot of shows moving forward yeah, I completely agree. That's my, those are my thoughts. Do you know Maria? Maria's only wrestled for like two years, apparently. Yeah, she's very good. It's yeah, marvelous. Like prints out very good wrestlers. Like it's okay. So for those who don't know, because if you're listening to this, you might only know about like AEW WWE, which is fine. You know that just happens. Yeah, uh, American wrestling. Mar- I get it. Marvelous is the promotion of Chigusa Nagayo, who is one of the maybe the best joshi wrestler of all time like she is the joshi wrestler uh she that's her promotion and alongside takumi roha they train everyone so yeah you pretty much if you join marvelous you pretty much come out of marvelous a very good wrestler um that's why takumi so good well takumi started stardom but she actually left to go there so that tells you a lot uh chikusa nagai was the reason she is a wrestler so very cool um that's why maria despite two years very good um if you've ever seen meiho shizuki who's like around the same time she's also very good uh rin is good and then mio momono i think is the best of all of them that isn't named takumi starlight kid defended her high-speed title against fukigan death starlight kid retains after five minutes and 47 seconds this was like the first time they did a high speed title match with the high speed title since I guess Ozumi and Natsupoi, which is when they originally changed the title. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. You know, Fuki Can Death. I think anyone can like Fuki Can Death. Very yeah. enjoyable watch. Yeah. Um, and Starlight Kid is an absolute star. Her entrance was incredible. Uh, she, so her old self, which was you know the colorful starlight kid like they had someone dress up as her walk out and then go down through the entrance like stage and then she walked out you know with her jushin thunder lager mask and her music and it was very cool did she did she come out from where they came down or would she just walk out i think she just walked out which it would have been cool if she came back up uh (laughs) but it she's awesome i can't believe well, I can believe it, but like she has fully taken on the um, Oedo Tai gimmick, this heel gimmick, because she is making it her own. Um, but yeah, yeah, very good match. I'm glad. I, I really like Starlight Kid. I, I think uh, we talked about it with the five star, is that I think the five star helped her get more confident in this character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, sky's the limit at this point. There's no better way to work on character development or who you are as a wrestler mm-hmm. than a tournament 
Yeah. I think uh, we've seen that in the G1 with like Great Ocon. I think this has been his coming out party. And I'm not comparing Starlight Kid and Great Ocon. That's not what I'm doing here. I prefer Starlight Kid by a lot. But it's it just like I feel like we've seen a lot of times in tournaments, and this is just this year, for example, that wrestlers that are going to be big stars fully establish themselves um, and show what the potential is. So, yeah, yeah Starlight Kid's great. Um, artist of artist of stardom title match with Azume Momo Watanabe and Saya Kamatani, uh, losing their effort to the champions Himika Micah and Natsupoi. I believe this was my match of the night. Real? That actually is quite surprising to me to hear that. Oh, I'm angry. So (laughs) we're gonna get to in a few minutes. Um, this was. Just great, great action from start to finish. Uh, well, the entrance for Queen's Quest was amazing because they had Azumi do the Rey Mysterio pop out. Like, that was awesome. Uh, so that was just the hot start. I like how uh, Stardom is taking advantage of their stage setup. <laughs> They're like, yeah. oh, like we got, a, we got a thing that helps you pop up. Let's do it. Right. So that was awesome. But uh, the match itself was you know, fantastic. Um, all six work together very well. Queen's Quest never has a bad match, so mm-hmm. like it's not shocking. But uh, my Hime Poi, as they like to go by, just combining all their names, it's not you know difficult there. Um, they are great as the new champions. Um, I I love this match. Definitely one I recommend if you enjoy big tags that are just all action all the time. That I'm that's very I'm very in- surprised that this is your match of the night. Depending, there's three other matches on here that I would have expected what it could have become your match. Of the I night. it might not be. I don't remember how I ended up rating them all, but I did enjoy this a lot. That's to awesome. say, yeah. Um, we had the uh, in ring return of Hazuki has finally returned. Yeah. I, not the in-ring return, I guess, technically, but the stardom in-ring return for his... Well, it's the return. Yeah. It's just the return to wrestling, Yeah, which is great. Where she defeated Kaguma in 11 minutes and 39 seconds. So in a... So Kagama. In, in almost two full years, Hazuki wrestled one match, and that was at the Hanakamura Matane show earlier this year. Mm-hmm. But... The craziest part of it all. She walked right in to this in Osaka Joe Hall, nonetheless. I think this is the biggest venue she's ever wrestled in. Besides in the United States, she's wrestled in Madison Square Garden. Oh, um, yeah. So, like, that's, you know. But in Japan, I think this is the biggest venue she ever wrestled in. So, that's huge. And what she was able to do with Koguma was have one of the best returning matches I've seen. You know, they told a fantastic story. Um, Hazuki is just, she instantly went from, you know, retiree to top talent in stardom, which is, that's That's saying a lot. But she is that good. Um, I think anyone can enjoy uh, Hazuki. And at the end of the match, after she won, because she had to win, there was no other choice. Um, she had Koguma join her, and they will be the tag league team heading into the Goddesses of Stardom tag team tag league, which mm-hmm. I believe begins at the end of the month. Um, I can look that up while you talk about it. 
Oh, well, I don't, there's nothing to talk about. So that's it. Hazuki's I, great. <laughs> I I really enjoyed Hazuki's um, uh, attire. I, I yes, think. that is her 08 attire, attire from back in the day. She doesn't want to do, uh, let that go yet. So she said she'll be wearing that from now on until, I don't know, but the white and the like min- minimal pink is a very good look. Yeah, it, it felt for me, I mean, it was Ode, Odeo Thai stuff, but it also fairy felt, the pink felt very Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Uh, Esque. Esque, yeah, that's the word. Um, I'll keep looking this up as we talk about it, but moving right along, we got Shuri defeating and retaining. Well, I guess Shuri was going to have nobody to uh, defend against, but she was challenged by Saki Kashima for the SWA Undisputed World Women's Title Match. Not UWF rules, just a straight-up singles match. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on this match with Shuri winning in 8 minutes and 58 seconds. Yeah, this was um, it was enjoyable. I think it was you know exactly what it needed to be. Uh, Saki you know, brought the best version of herself. She was very serious. She didn't have a way to tie, do anything. It was down to her and Shuri trying to prove herself on the main show after not. You know, she was the veteran that wasn't on the main show before. So this was a cool spot for her. She deserved it. And she showed out um, in the end. Shuri wins, of course, because Shuri is on the run of her life. She should not be losing the title and her title match to Saki Kashima. She, not, she shouldn't be losing the title match to anyone. So, um, yeah, enjoyable match. It was a good change up from, you know, a lot of high stakes, which is the rest of the show. Um, it's angry time. Oh, it's angry. I, it looks like the Goddess of Stardom uh, Tag League, I guess would be the word. Yeah. yeah. Um, is going to start on October 17th. Oh, uh, so next week. Okay. Yeah, it looks like it starts on the 17th, and then they will have another show on the 30th. Cool. Yeah, this, I think it's like eight shows or something, yeah. which isn't a lot. Uh, but they haven't announced those teams yet, so that would be nice if they could. Yeah, I'm probably we'll probably get one by the end of the week, I presume. Yeah, um, Wonder of Stardom title match ten, Mayu Iwatani, blonde hair, Mayu Iwatani, uh, goes to a time limit draw with Tam Nakano. Um, you said this was an angry match. Why is this match angry for you? They had a very specific story that called for a very specific match. Like Tam said going into it. I'm going to destroy Mayu Ibutani. And if you follow their story, this is a story of friendship, anger, you know. Um, Betrayal? No, well, kind of. I mean, Tam left stars, but she didn't, like, do it in a terrible way. But at the same time... But I would say Mayu feels that a little bit. Well, yeah. Mayu fe- well, Mayu's used to it right now. <laughs> Uh, but my my whole thing is it should have been better. Like, yeah. I know what these two can do. It is disappointing. And the way they wrestled this, it, was, it did not take long to know there was not going to be a winner. And that's, that's what hurts a match. When you know that a match that is so anticipated isn't going to end the way you want it to it's it's a letdown because i think the match itself was very good i think i think in the end you look at it just as a match and you take your your head out of the 
what the story is. Mm-hmm. It was a very good match. They had a good match because that's, you know, Mayu Itami doesn't have bad matches, but it didn't fit what I was hoping for. They should not have started, you know, by grappling and trying to feel each other out. They should have just been beating the living crap out of each other from the start. And, you know, the final 10 minutes were very, very good because, you know, you're getting picking up, but the the draw was brutal. It was very upsetting. It was not at all the result we wanted. And I, I'm assuming the idea is to run it back probably at Ryogoku Sumo Hall. Mm-hmm. It might, it could be the semi-main event to Tommy versus Shuri because it feels like they're going to want to run it back one more time because they, they went down the exact same road. They're, it's the exact yeah. same thing. They wrestled in January, Tam and Mayu. They went to a draw. They wrestled here. They went to a draw in the title match. The whole entire idea, unless they just take the title off of Tam, is to do this one more time, get a winner. They'll get rid of the time limit. And that's, it's fine, but I just need them to pick it up because yeah. they can give a match of the year, but they did not come close this year uh, in this one. Uh, it was very good looking at a wrestling sense, but it was very frustrating. Um, and after the match, which I think probably angers me the most, they went, they moved. Moved on from Mayu, like that was over. And Unagi Sayaka came out and put down a challenge for Tam, and I wanted to cry. And I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be so bad." Like, how do you go from Mayu to Unagi? Uh, because of course Unagi beat Tam in the five star, so it was always gonna happen. Yeah, but I mean, I wanted it to happen. Yeah. So that's where we're going. Um, I'm hopeful they get another match soon because they they just they deserve you know they should go put on something that isn't a draw that doesn't feel like it's going to be a draw from the the moment the match starts you know because that is not the story the story is let's just beat the living bleep out of each other until someone doesn't have it left because if tam nakano says she's going to destroy mayu utani and doesn't destroy mayu utani then what are we doing here the again i i you know, I started watching the show. Not started watching the show. I, I watched this match and the semi-main and the main event as well. And like I we've said previously, I am still trying to. I'm still getting into the stardom thing. Yeah. So I I I vaguely understand. I'm not. I, I vaguely know the history between Tam and uh, Mayu. I you know seen video and I've seen commentary about it, yeah. uh, and you've explained it to me before. Um, but with all that, complete agreeance. The match could have been a draw if the match was like Shibata Ishii levels of like killing each other for right. 30 minutes. Right. Um, but it wasn't that. It wasn't no. that whatsoever. It was a minute of minute or two of staring at each other, which already keeps you in like, oh, we're just doing it. We're going to go as long as possible. It's going to be a long one. My hope, was after, my hope after that was they would just, you know, go and slap it. Taste out of each other's mouth. Like yeah. what I was seeing, like, was like the like the Abushi Okan match where it's 15 minutes of grappling and then like, okay, fuck you, and then just like, yeah, like, like that's that's what it should have been. Uh, there wasn't, I, I, there wasn't, there wasn't. I don't want to say heat. There wasn't. Oh, I'm gonna steal. I'm gonna steal this from a podcast. This there wasn't hatred. Yeah, they were they were missing the fire for yeah. the first half. 
Which like, is insane because like the it, story required it. The story yeah, needed it. and I don't think it's the wrestler's fault. I think it's the booking idea of, hey, we need this to be a 30-minute draw. Um, and it getting to a draw rather than getting to a finish in 30 minutes is very different. You know, if you have a 30-minute match that is going to have a finish, you're going to wrestle a different style. I think you – and some people tried to, like, say, well – Utami and Shuri went to a draw. I was like, but this is a very different match. That that wasn't the same idea. Like that. That was also the start of a story. Right. Well, yes. It was it was the main yeah. It was the kickoff to a story, but it was also like the continuation of Utami can't beat Shuri. Yeah. Like, that is the whole story going here. Yeah. But Shuri also can't beat Utami like by pinning her, which, you know, that's what we're going with and they are trading back and forth and that was just i think i thought that match was worked perfectly like they did grappling but that made sense mm -hmm. like there was no reason for grappling but uh we can move on because we have a lot of show still left yeah uh i thought this match like i said i thought the match was okay i thought it was good but it was like, disappointing i think yeah we're both big time disappointing here uh, World of Stardom title match, no time limit. Utami's going on this big old stink about how she doesn't want any time limits anymore. Um, uh, so she's able to defeat Takumi Aroha 30 minutes and 52 seconds uh, to retain that start World of Stardom title. This match flew by for me. Like, I didn't realize it was 30. So I, so I watched it live, mm -hmm. but halfway through my feed cut out for five minutes during this so match I, yeah so i had to rewatch it because like that's just too much time to miss yeah in a match like you know a world title match so i rewatched it and i really enjoy it because it's very different from utami's other matches like she made she was very vicious in this one she was very uh, methodical like she usually she's the underdog working herself up yeah. But to me, she felt like the dominant final boss type champion, which I toss final boss around because of her new entrance and everything. I was about but to say. Yeah, like that's just like that's the, what they're doing. And uh, I was talking to someone on Twitter about this, and they made the good point of them going with the idea of let's make Utami the dominant, unbeatable, vicious champion and turn Shuri into the underdog lovable let's get this win it's very interesting to me but that seems to be the direction they're going because she you know she didn't run through takumi aroha mm -hmm. but it, it kind of felt like that at the end that she did like she dominated she was this dominant champion she you know she's not holding back anymore she's she's transformed from that you know champion who's always fighting up to i'm the champion i'm always on top and i think that's a very interesting story to tell that can give a different dynamic to her match with shiri when they finally compete which that my biggest problem with stardom right now is that that match is so far away yeah we're, we're just like, it's it's the g1 thing of we're circling until we get there until we get yeah, to the, it's, the official it's, thing it's terrible because they have three more pay-per-views until then and they're going to do two title. They've already planned two title matches mm -hmm. for Utami between that. And I'm, I'm sure Shuri is going to try to have more de right. defense, it, defenses. I guess. Like, well, 
I don't think the t- the defense of the match happens if Julia's not hurt. But with Julia being hurt, mm-hmm. the tag team titles are null and void right now. So, like, they can't go defending them because that easily would have been what they did on pay-per-views. Yeah, you're right. That's probably what they would have done. And then, and yeah. then they, and then they would have done the Goddess of Stardom tag league, and then yep. those champions will probably free up right. the titles off of Shuri and Julia. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, mm. I, I think that's why that is here, and now will probably always be here following the five star. But yeah, it's it it's tough because I understand like you want to have this at the final big show of the year at the Sumo Hall. Yeah, you know, massive venue. It's the ma- It's the match. But still, um, it's always crappy when you have to pretty much wait. And every challenger that faces Takumi, uh, not Takumi, Utami is kind of just like, oh, well, I'm going to give you a great match, but I'm not going to win. Yeah. No, yeah. I I thought this match was good. I think what you're talking about before about how um, Takumi and Utami were sort of even, but then as the match continued on, Utami started to dominate. It goes into the aspect that we've talked about before with Utami where she is she's got the endurance. Yeah. She is not someone that like you can necessarily if you're gonna try to beat her quick, it has to be like you have to just utterly destroy her somehow. Mm-hmm. And even that that might be a twenty minute match or something. Right. Um Utami she's gonna lose in like seventy minutes. You know, yeah, that's, that's, that's gonna that's gonna go very far. Oh, it's gonna be ridiculous. It's gonna be ridiculous. I, I I remember seeing that uh Dave Meltzer is already hyping up the Shuri Utami match. He's like, this could be match of the year. And I'm like, I'm ha- I'm very happy about yeah. that because like, I I firmly believe like Meltzer's the reason a lot of promotions that aren't in the United States get popular. Like I think him mm. giving what he did to Okada versus Omega is the reason New Japan's as popular as it is now. Like. I, I think that, you know, New Japan had a following, but that made mainstream fans or fans that pay attention to the Observer fully appreciate what was going on there. Mm-hmm. And I think Sherry and Utami can be that. And I think Utami knows that. She even said that. She's like, I want this to be that. Yeah. So the fact that he's hyping it up already, very exciting. Um, they have a lot to live up to because, you know, it's hard to repeat and i i know omega and okada did what they did and you know people feel one way or the other about those but what they did was help change the promotion you know change the popularity so that's really all i want out of this at this point yeah yeah and that is uh that is stardom osaka joe hall oh Uh, oh and uh hazuki and micah will be the next competitors for utami because hazuki said i'm calling my shot right off the bat and it's very upsetting because I would like Hazuki to win the title, and that is not going to happen. No, that's not going to happen. Uh, and then who was the other person? Micah, Micah. who beat um, yeah. Utami. That should in be a good tournament. match. That's mm-hmm. a good match. Um, she's, I mean, Micah's someone that she's going to put on a good match, and she won't necessarily win the world, you know, the world title there. But I think it's going to be a good. Yeah, match. you're right. I mean, <laughs> she's not going to win the world title. Yes, um, she might. She might win it eventually, but yeah, not yet. Um, okay, well, that is that is Stardom Osaka Joe Hall. Moving on next to GCW, they had their oh. 
Fight Club. I get to take over. Yeah, you get to take over hosting you, my friend. Fight Club Mox versus Gage was last night. I watched the pay per view. Uh, Scotty, did you? You didn't watch it at all, did you? Not a chance. I would. So here's you, my do you, thing. Do you plan on watching it, or is my? Review I plan to watch be... the main event. I plan okay. to watch the main event. That is it. My review is going to be the determining factor. Of what yeah, you well, watch. yeah, you'll determine if I watch anything else from the show. Truthfully, uh, but in the opening match of the night, uh, Alex Zane defeated Leo Rush and Ninja Mac in a 10 minute and 59 second three way. I know Leo Rush said he was going to show up, but I think it was. a total surprise that he opened the show so yeah it was a it was he was announced as a special appearance and then he just walked out in his gear and it was like i'm in this match now we're like great cool um good match a really good match um i really like this match a lot i think maybe my match of the night quite honestly (laughs) right off the bat we already got the match of the night Okay. Yeah, and, then, and then I'll, I'll have thoughts and everything else. But it was very good. I thought this was very good. I thought Leo Rush obviously looks great. I think Alex Zane is just back to where he is in GCW. <laughs> like he, It's like he just went on vacation for a little bit. Uh, well. it, it's almost like Alex Zane was like injured, you know, and he's like he's gone for a couple months, and then he comes back, and he's just back where he was. Uh, and Ninja Mac is also great. I think Ninja Mac, Ninja Mac is doing a good job. I think this was a good spot to put him in. Um you know, Ninja Mac, I don't know what his ceiling is right now, but he is at least, he is an, a guy like Alex Zane, Leah Rush here, that you put in your opener to have a great, solid opener match. Uh, they did a, a, an interesting finish, which was Alex Zane hit Ninja Mac with his um, shooting star knee move. He has a move for it, a name for it. I don't remember, recall what it is. But he does that move and then goes for the pin. And as he's going to pin Ninja Mac, Leo Rush climbs the top rope and tries to do like a jumping dive kick. But the referee counts the three before Leo Rush can officially jump off the top rope. So Alex Zane gets the win. It was kind of awkward because Alex Zane was pinning Ninja Mac while standing. So it felt like it was supposed to be a move that happened. But uh, it felt like it was like it was either a fuck up or a cool finish that you don't see often of like all it takes is three seconds. If Leo Rush had one more second, he would have hit his hit the flying drop kick. So it, it did kind of feel like a fuck up, though. But either way, Alex Zane wins. Sounds like a fuck up. <laughs> yeah. I Well, it's GCW after all. You said it. I didn't. Uh, Chris Dickinson and Starboy Charlie defeated Joey Janela and Marco Stunt in a whopping 16 minutes and 16 seconds. The reason I couldn't decide if the first match is my match of the night, because this also was a really good match that was up there as oh, match wow. of the night potential. Really? That's um, rattling to me. I'm not going to lie to you. It, Actually, this... Chris Dickinson's great. So yeah. And, Star, and Starboy is pretty good. And and Joey Janelle and Dickinson have history. Stunt can also got thrown around like a ragdoll. Stunt actually got rattled, I like legit rattled, like concussion rattled probably. Oh no! Uh, during the match, but he kept kept going. There was a point where he was just out of the match for like a couple minutes, and then he came back at some point. Um, it this was like a great, um, just like a clusterfuck of a match. <laughs> like it was. The match 
just felt like it was a runaway a runaway train on no rails. If that oh, makes sense, where it was just like it was like out of control. Shit was happening. Bodies getting flown around, just slapping, hitting each other. It was very fun. It was a very fun match to watch. Dickinson and Janela were great together. Starboy Charlie and Dickinson are doing this tag team called Eye to Eye, where Dickinson's a bench, a, essentially mentoring Starboy Charlie. So the the finish of the match was Dickinson throwing stunt over to Charlie. Telling him to do a brain buster, Charlie does the brain buster, and then Dickinson pins Marco Stunt. So they're doing this thing of Starboy Charlie becoming the mentee of Dickinson, and I'm, I like it. I think Starboy Charlie needed something for the next thing, and I like that they're doing Dickinson as a as his trainer, and I want to see Starboy be that Dickinson kind of kid. I can enjoy that team. I I I like that team. That's a good uh. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I I would say of the first two matches I mentioned, those are the matches of the night I would watch. Oh, good. Oh, good. Uh, Jordan Oliver defeated Atticus Kogar. Kogar? Kogar, yeah. I don't care. Uh, ten minutes and six seconds. Uh, I think this was a good match. The crowd was definitely on Kogar's side, which was weird because he was four, four, for basically like 4-4-0 four, four, oh, broke up. Kind of whatever is happening with them. Kogar's on his own now, but like before he would get booed out of the building because of 440. But now that they're no longer there and he's by himself, the crowd is on Kogar's side. So it was very weird. They were booing. Jordan Oliver got the win and they booed him basically out of the building. Um, it was an interesting match. I thought it was pretty good. Production. Oh my <laughs> God, Scotty. Oh my God. <laughs> I forget, oh, I, re- I remember what the, the first match was that really annoyed me. Every match had something that annoyed me. Oh, uh, good. Well, that sounds about right to me. That's what I mean by, like, well, it's GCW after all. And that's GCW. <laughs> Every match had something that annoyed me. This match, production, the finish of the match is they had a, a, a chairs and a, a door set up outside the ring. Jordan Oliver does a cutter off the top rope onto Kogar through the door on the outside. So like that Myron Reed we were talking about earlier, but, you know, through a door. That was cool. We cut to the replay. So we got picture-in-picture now. Replay to see it happen again. During the smaller picture-in-picture, Jordan Oliver pushes uh, Kogar back into the ring, pins him, one, two, three. All happens in picture-in-picture. The, the actual pinfall happens during picture in picture and when we come out of it the referee is like referee is like you just won oliver yeah and oliver's like i won yeah so what the hell that's so bad can we i get the problem and i here's the thing is that did they just get instant replay yeah they just did and they've had it for a couple shows now uh the production the quality of the camera works looks good they got a boom like a, a a jib and everything a crane and everything it looks good the problem is, is I don't necessarily want to blame production on here. It's Jordan Oliver is who I want to blame. Jordan Oliver should have been like, they're probably cutting to replay on this cool ass move, or you know, told Brett Lauderdale like, hey, you're gonna go to replay on this move, right? And Jordan Oliver, the guy who's in MLW, I guess it doesn't matter because they edit all of this stuff. But he should have sold longer before pushing the guy in and getting the win. Because he should have known that this stuff is happening. Know your TV spots. Aren't you on MLW? 
but again, I guess you know they they it's taped, so it doesn't matter. But yeah. it it's just like they fucked up there. Uh, the other thing that annoyed me about the nin- the first match was that uh, Kevin Gill and uh, was on commentary <laughs> with Dave Prezak. Dave Prezak is basically now lead commentator. He's I would argue he was the one leading the shows, and Kevin Gill was more uh, color a little bit. But Kevin Gill kept trying to shoehorn in calling Ninja Mac the Kamikaze. He was like the Kamikaze Ninja Mac Ninja the Kamikaze Mac. Uh, Ninja Mac, otherwise known as the Kamikaze. It's like, shut up. Only you are <laughs> calling him this. Stop trying to get that over. If that was what Ninja yeah. Mac wanted to get over, then you would have informed Dave Prezak about it. Why? Like, what are you doing? And he just kept saying it over and over. He goes like, shut up, Kevin Gill. What are yeah. you doing, my man? Stop. Yeah, like, you're I... the only one doing that. He... <sighs> no. Just, no. Just... All right, moving on. <laughs> Um, in the internet title versus GCW career match, the former GCW Universal Champion Matt Cardona defeated Effie, um, who was had Ali catch by his side in 11 minutes in 55 seconds. So before this match, Brett Lauderdale came out and he was going to. Um, sorry, I just got a text message. I got a text okay. message from Jesse uh, downstairs. Jesse, my girlfriend, she's downstairs. She texted me, "Fucking G U A N Guan, fucking Guan Spider," and I lost it. Giant spider! Oh no, she is uh, freaking out right now because there's a giant spider. Presumably, Jesse, is it downstairs? I don't know if you heard that. She just screamed. Back. I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> How? When you say giant, when Jesse thinks of giant, she thinks of like maybe like this the big, the size of a quarter is what she's saying. So. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. I just wanted to point that out. I couldn't. I didn't have to bring every text message. I just saw that. Do you want me to help? Or are you? I can't find it. <laughs> she's freaking out. That's not good. Okay, she said carry on. So she's okay. a, Jesse's a big girl. She can she'll she, figure it out. She really wants you to talk about Matt Cardona versus Effie, I guess. Yeah, um, I I don't. <laughs> before the match, Matt Brett Lauderdale yeah. was going to do his special announcement. Matt Cardona interrupts, then Effie comes out and they do the match. Uh, match is, match was fine. Um, uh, match was fine. I think it was. I think it was. You know, it was, it was a fine, good match. Do that sort of thing. Um, Who's Zack Ryder? Yeah, I, I, I Matt Card. I think Matt Cardona is perfect for GCW. His character is perfect for GCW. I think it's he's doing really great work. Some of the best work in his career, I would argue. Um, which is a weird statement to say. Um, Doesn't take much. It does. It, it doesn't take much. You know, he's not. He <laughs> hasn't. He hasn't done much. I guess in his career. That was a fucking car alarm. What is happening? <laughs> what is happening? We, we are off the rails. We are, we are off the rails. My house is... Was that our car, Jesse? No. What the oh fuck is happening? God. We're off the I, rails, ladies the, and gentlemen. The universe doesn't want me to talk about this match anymore. We're moving on. All right. So in the seven-way scramble match, Jimmy Lloyd defeated ASF, Braden Lee, Calvin Tankman, Dante Leone, Ringo Loco and the surprise Thunder Rosa. 
Yeah, Thunder Rosa came out here as a surprise seventh entrant. That was a big pop for her. Uh, match was also fine. Uh, I thought this match was pretty good, actually. Um, it was uh, Th- Thunder Rosa, I did think, did her part well. Calvin Tankman, I love watching. Jimmy Lloyd gets the win and the scramble because he's like the scramble god for GCW, so I get that. Um, everyone else, I think, kind of looked good. You know, it was it wasn't like you know it wasn't like a blowaway sort of thing, but I thought it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. Um, trying to think, Thunder if, Rosa should have won. Th- Thunder Rosa winning. I don't know because it was Jimmy Lloyd oh, that pinned man. ASF, and ASF is just like the tiny. Little, what's up? Thunder Rosa should win. Because she doesn't even win on AEW, oh, she's yeah, my supposed apologies. to win. <laughs> my apologies, you're correct. <laughs> Thunder, but th- she, her, she, her being in there was good. There was like a tiny little botch that happened at one point with Rosa, and I think ASF, where it was just kind of they were kind of doing a lucha move, and it didn't really work out well. D- she did some cool stuff off the top rope, which was pretty cool. Um, you know, you don't really necessarily see. She did like a um, uh, a flying tornado. Um, onto uh, like a group of people, which is very cool. It was nice seeing Thunder Rosa in this spot. Um, big pop. Yeah, no, it, you know, it was a it was a scramble. It were coming back from intermission. Scramble. I thought it was pretty good. Scramble eggs. Nice. Uh, the second gear crew of AJ Gray, Mance Warner, and Matthew Justice defeated Akira, Alex Cologne, and G Raver in fifteen oh four. This match was really just um, second gear crew just destroying akira akira making his gcw debut and they just beat the ever-loving shit out of this guy uh like like the opening of it was like akira going like opening of the match was like akira was in the ring by himself cologne and g raver like oh no you're you're new here you're a deathmatch guy you gotta you know take your bumps and so akira like standing up to aj gray mance and matthew justice all at the same time slaps him and kicks him and then the three of them just dogpile him and beat the shit out of him. There was like headshots to Akira's head, like just nasty looking. Um, just like the whole match was like built around basically like destroying Akira. Uh, and I think he did a good job. I think again, like the scramble, I think this was a very good fun match. Like I said, it was brutal, brutal, brutal. Um, I it was just you know it was just good. I really liked it. I like this match a lot. I don't again. I don't think match of the night sort of thing, but for me personally, but I think it was enjoyable. Um, after the match is really the talking point, which was and this was the annoying thing for me in this match. After the match, uh, Mance Warner, Matthew, Matthew Justice grab a mic. They say that they don't care about any doors. They'll kick through them. Anybody from any company can challenge them. And who comes out to challenge them? None other than ROH's The Briscoes come out to challenge Matthew Justice and Mance Warner for the tag titles. Um, a cool thing, that's a cool match, but the thing that annoyed me is they stood there forever talking to each other. It was literally like five minutes went by, Scotty, where they're just like looking at each other. It felt like something was supposed to happen, but no one knew what was supposed to happen. So they kept <laughs> just jaw jacking to each other, standing, looking at each other for five minutes. I was like, guys, get out, get out of here kick hit the bricks we got it you had the spot you had the stare down stop looking at each other go do something else stop looking at each other it was was like annoying me so much i um i've gotten very annoyed with the amount of forbidden door interesting sayings really i feel like 
the Forbidden Door was it's literally New Japan and AEW. And for some reason, every other wrestling promotion in the world that's not WWE has said, oh, it's also us. Like, no offense. No offense to, you know, uh, Nick Gage. Well, I guess they didn't say it for him when he was on AEW. So it was not him, but like the Forbidden Door isn't just, you know, everybody in wrestling. It's not how this works. It's not just because the Briscoes showed up on GCW that, oh, my God, the Forbidden Door has been opened. Listen, GCW, you're, you're not part of the Forbidden Door. No offense. Like, you just have wrestlers appear on your shows. That's what happens. That's what always happened for you guys. Like, oh, Matt Cardone opened the Forbidden Door. Like, shut up. No, he didn't. No, just stop. I, I'm just getting sick of the Forbidden Door. And if Hiroshi Tanahashi doesn't make a single dime from the Forbidden Door talks, I'll be very upset because he's the one that said it one time and it has become the theme of professional wrestling. God. I don't want to say that's like gatekeeping, but it's definitely door keeping. <laughs> Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just so sick. No, like, I understand it, what you're saying, though. We've <laughs> gotten to a point where the forbidden door is not forbidden anymore. <laughs> like, like it's just the door it's it's open all the time now clearly so just like everyone shares wrestlers which is great you know that's awesome that we're all working together just say oh we all work together like or just don't say anything at all and just like it's becoming we, it's becoming passe and at this point everyone's just interacting with everyone so it's like okay we, we gotta call it something else or just not call it anything right because it, it's becoming like the standard now well the uh, the idea behind it was AEW and New Japan will never work together. So it's our forbidden door. Yeah. No one ever said that about in, well, I guess no one ever expected impact and AEW work together, sure. but yeah. at the same time, you know, Kenny Omega showing up there was eh, whatever. I don't care. I, I think the I bigger care. point here for the Briscoes being in here is that it, is started with the Briscoe. That's very cool. It's really cool. They don't leave ROH. That's what I was about to say, is that ROH rarely gets their signed guys to leave. The only person that really does it is, like, Gresham. Yeah. Uh, and, like, Rhett Titus has left a couple times uh, to do, like, <laughs> Beyond. Um, but they don't necessarily, like, interact that much. Mm. And the fact that the Briscoes are coming out to interact... Maybe there's hope that ROH is going to start loosening that contract a little bit so that the ROH guys can go out and do these spots. And maybe that means we can see some ROH guys in AEW and Impact and all these other places. So I'm very hopeful that that could be the case. Because I want to see Jonathan Gresham face somebody in AEW. Brian Danielson Gresham. (laughs) Give it to me, please. I mean, that's the only match I want. So, that's yeah. It. I want I that match more than the Sabre match. That's what I want. That's Oh, it. 100% agreed. Yeah. Oh, my like, God. Like, I think that's agreeable. I don't, I didn't mean to, like, come off of, like, this annoying, like, little bitch, but like, <laughs> I, I, I said it. That's fine. It's just, I don't need to hear every time someone does one thing, you know? Like, it's big. Like, I guess for the Briscoes, it's fair because the Briscoes don't leave Ring of Honor. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. But, like, the moment that someone that always goes to different companies shows up, I'm like, really? Like, is, is Hikaleo really the Forbidden Door? <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's just really, like, he's the like forbidden... the... 
I, like I feel stare. like it has to be like a big, big deal. And we've just become like I understand like that's what we call it now, so it is what it is. But mm-hmm. whatever. Are you saying Matt? Are you saying Hardy Family Office and Will Osprey showing up in uh, Connecticut for new is not forbidden door material? No, it is not. That's like, te- that's, that's them they, taking a booking. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like it, sometimes they we're just booking people. Like that's how wrestling works. Uh, anyway, like I feel like with indie promotions, as long as the promotion that they're signed to allows them. It's not a forbidden door anymore. It's just, hey, go ahead, go take your bookings because this is how wrestling works. Uh, because that's what it was before AEW was around. That that's what people did. Um, anyways, the semi-main event: Shane Mercer defeated Yoya. Um, <laughs> I don't like this match. No, I don't know why you would. It was fifteen minutes, and I don't know why. It should not. It should have been five. This match, I'm going to describe this as a GIF match. Because a, what? a GIF match. Oh, GIF. Some people might call it a GIF match. Because the whole point of this match was they're trying to make Yoya look like um, like a determined, like a durable wrestler kind of guy. But Shane Mercer did like six killing sh- like finishers to Yoya. He did a like top rope tombstone. He did like a freaking uh springboard moonsault. Uh, he he was holding Yoya and did a moon it's a moon was it moonsault and batteries what he calls it when he's holding a guy and does a moonsault. Mm-hmm. He did a running springboard moonsault and battery and that wasn't the finish. He did like six killing moves that were the the finish and yoya like kicked out of all of them and i hate that for me it's like that's a cool story but 15 minutes of that it just lasted too long for me and i was not that into it and like i said it was a gift spot because the cool and the the cool other other gift thing that you're gonna see flying flying around is literally shane mercer picking up yoya yoya shoulder pressing him running and throwing him as far as can be into the crowd it looked it looked awful but like i said the best thing on this game this match we're gonna get a lot of cool gifts of shane mercer doing cool shit and shane mercer's awesome i love shane mercer but it was like come on guys why are we watching 15 minutes of them doing this stuff this match should have been five what are we doing here it's like yoya is still like a, a five nothing kid but he's determined and he's durable and and all these things, but it's like it the I don't know, realism goes out the window a little bit for me. Goes out the forbidden door for me, if you will. And that's just my personal pr- opinion on that. So it was a spot fest. Spot fest for Shane Mercer alone. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, for fifteen fair. minutes. Uh, like it, it was cool. I love seeing Shane Mercer, but I want to see Shane Mercer do that do that with KTB by his side and they're just kicking Yokai's ass or something for five minutes. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see Shane Mercer like in singles match losing win, winning a match in fifteen minutes to Yoya. What are we doing here? I I, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Main event. GCW World Championship. It's a death match, of course, because the uh John Moxley successfully defended the title defeating nick gage in 19 minutes and 22 seconds i think this is probably 
probably GCW's most anticipated match of the year, if I had to go off the top of my head. Um, either that or Cardona engage, maybe. But that was a or or thing. even the Ricky Shane Page and Gage match. From, right, uh, right. I think for mainstream, of course, you know Moxley was the guy that brought people in. Yeah. Um, this match, I, I should say, there, there's some other things I'll get to before we talk to this match. But go ahead. Do you like death matches? I enjoy them. I I think um, it can be hit or miss for me sometimes mm-hmm. because it it really depends on the people. Because I think death matching, death matching. Dev matches right now are like becoming like the thing that all the cool kids want to do, but it's not everyone can do it. Right. Like like I think Matt Cardona did a good job, but like he did in a way like an anti death match for a little bit, and that was like the cool draw of it. Yeah. Um, Alex Colon's great. Shane Page, who's not really doing that much anymore, is also good at it. But it's not everyone can do it, and so it's there's one of those things. So their death match title isn't even in GCW right now. No, it is in because Drew Parker has it. Yes, it's in Japan right now. Yeah, I like Drew Parker honestly. I just looked up like to see if uh, Drew Parker's still, great. Drew Parker's great. I was seeing if he still was champion because I remember watching the match that he won it, and I was like, "Wait a minute, why? Why did they give him the belt? <laughs> he's yeah. not going to be around, and uh, he still has it. And he hasn't. I don't think he's. De- maybe he defended it once. I think it was the day after he won it. Maybe. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, tell me about the. Uh, the big match, the match that everyone was so... Before we actually get to the big match, uh, uh, this the was the spot. Yeah, this was the announcement. Brett Lauderdale comes out. He announces that uh, they broke attendance records at this show as well, which is awesome. They didn't say what the number it was, was but they sold. They super sold out the show. Cut because of the Forbidden Door, actually. You're welcome. Because John Moxley showed up. We should probably just take out my rant so I don't get ended by every real promotion in wrestling that'd be great nah, I, I said jungle boy doesn't belong in the in the four pillars of aew so who cares yeah it's, fair it's, enough. A, an opinion is opinion you can't be yeah. wrong about an opinion unless it's a bad opinion in which case you can't be um anyways so they had an attendance record which they announced they said they broke their previous record in the same building so that's cool mm-hmm. but the announce big announcement uh is that uh gcw will be running the hammerstein ballroom January 23rd uh, cool. in New York, of course. I already know that it looks like, based on the, the our Slack, that Mikey, uh, Lauren, and uh, Zach of Countout as well will all be attempting to attend if their tickets don't get sold wow. out immediately. Um, this is a Hammerstein. Hammerstein, obviously notorious for being a huge Ring of Honor uh, arena. It hasn't been really used in wrestling as of late, but now, especially with Ring of Honor not selling the Hammerstein as much, but the fact that GCW is, they put out a great video for it as well as the announcement, where it's basically like uh, videos of all of their like key wrestlers basically like saying that was cool. things that they were told, you know, Effie's being like, you got to tone it down, it's too gay. Um, Chris Dickinson being like, you're too violent, you're going to hurt somebody. It was really good. Um, it was a really good video. I was impressed. Yeah, it was a really great video. Well, go out of your way and watch it. But it was, um, and then the cool Avengers shot at the end. Um, but booking the Hammerstein is great. It, it shows like how I, big GCW has gotten. Honestly, I always think back to uh, One Night Stand, ECW One Night Stand. Like that's that's what popped into my head when they announced this. So it's going to be the same energy too. Yeah, yeah, because that was. I think GCW fits that crowd 
very well and i think it should be a very special show i hope they have a big card for it i hope it's not a sense of just like putting together a normal gcw card like they should go all out to make this as big as possible i think you know people are gonna go because it's hammerstein and that's just big as is but it's a put the card together like deliver the best gcw show you can it's kind of like um open the forbidden door it's kind of like when That's my new gimmick now. New Japan and Ring of I love it. When New Japan and Ring of Honor ran Madison Square Garden where it's like Bring evil. <laughs> <laughs> Screw the Briscoes. Evil Adam Cole, Bullet Club for Life, baby. Singles match, death match. No, don't do that. Please don't do that. Glass I'm ceiling kidding. match. Um Basically, it's like when New Japan Ring of Honor ran uh, Madison Square Garden, where it's like, oh, people are going to go because it's a monumentous uh, event, but also put on you got to put on a great card. Yeah, be more of the New Japan side than the Ring of Honor side when it comes to that card. Um, yeah, so I think they're going to have a big match, big show. It seems like the uh, initial thoughts would be that would be the Briscoes match. Um to, for the tag team titles that would be probably something that could help sell and having the briscoes there also brings back to the ring of honor history there mm. uh and going into the main event it will probably be the sequel of john moxley versus nick gage will happen at hammerstein wait, wait. how many ecw people show up oh blue meanie will be there <laughs> he'll be in the scramble probably i wouldn't be shocked <laughs> if they brought sandman in oh man yeah no, i always think of me. when when he was in the stands, and that was just that's one of the cooler moments. And I'm not like a Sandman fan, but that was just wicked cool. They're gonna do a tag, a six man tag where it's ECW original guys versus GCW guys, and Jordan Oliver oh. is gonna be one of the GCW guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna call it now. Uh, okay. That specific. Um, and uh, yeah, no. So going into the main event, um, I think that Hammerstein's gonna be the sequel to this match, and I hope it's the sequel. Because I think this match needs a sequel. Because this match wasn't that good. Oh, baby. We this, gotta... this match was super violent and super bloody. and isn't, isn't that the point? Yeah. And Moxley bled like a stuffed pig. They gave it an 8.33 on cage match. So, so what is far. that? Divided by 2, that's 4.15? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not that high. I don't think 29 was... now since uh, there's been two votes put in since. I don't think I'm not that high on this match. I, I'm super I, low in this match, and part didn't of the reason you to be well, I thought this match was very good. Part of it is that our rating. Give it to me now. You want it? I want it because you said you're super low on it, and right now it's at like a four point like one for everyone else. I I gave it two and a half stars. <laughs> I'm super low on this match. I'm Ooh. super low. I didn't think this match was that good. It wasn't anything new that I haven't seen. They set up two glass panes and they only used one of them. Um, it, they had cool spots where Moxley was the first person that brought out the pizza cutter on Gage. They did the callback to their previous history where Gage used the pizza cutter on Moxley's tongue uh, to try to cut his mouth. So that was cool. Um, but the big problem of the match for me is that it got cut short. Um, the like shoot, it looks like the based on rumors and watching the match that it looks like 
and based on his post-match comments, that Gage got his bell rung at some point. Uh, Lauren believes it was probably when he was spearing uh, Moxley through a glass pane. But it looks like he got his bell rung, and it looks like they cut the match short because the match ended just, like, abruptly. Like, at, like it felt, to me especially, and, to you know, talking on the slack of the guys, it felt like just, like, the match just ended, and it was that. And then after the match, Gage is like, I'm, you know, sorry about that. I'm going to get this title back. Uh, and then he's like, who's who's with me? And they're like, MDK. And he's like, no, no, I can't hear you. You got to remember, my I, my head hurts right now. Who's with me? So I think the idea is that, like, Gage might have called the match short. I think this match could have easily gone an extra five minutes, but a Gage might have called the match short or something. Maybe Mox did. I don't know. The referee did. I don't know. But it felt like they went home early. And it felt like it ended quick, sure. Uh, Mikey's in the chat right now, and he commented saying it ended quick for sure. So it's not just me. Um, I don't know where people are getting the four-star matches from, but it was like this match, like you said at the top, Mox versus Gage is probably a mainstream wrestling fans, the most hyped match that they've had in their history of the company. And to me, and you know how I feel about expectations and star ratings and whatnot, Big disappointment. Big disappointment energy. BDE. Big disappointment energy. BDE. Uh, it's I, also called big. Never mind. <laughs> I it, it, I was really disappointed by the match. I was expect, and that's part of the reason why I think it needs the sequel and it's gonna be the Hammerstein because I think once you book the Hammerstein, oh, we gotta do this match again at the Hammerstein. I mean. And that and that has to be the match. So they save stuff for that match, and then something happened where it seems like the match cuts short, and then maybe Gage wins the title there. I don't know. The problem is also is that that match is happening in January, so we're pr- easily going to have more um, Moxley shows probably in GCW. You right. know, he's going to defend the title maybe once or twice more between now and uh, December or now in January. Mm-hmm. The other problem is like. The other problem is because the match ended short, it feels like this is the end of the story. And that's why I was like, we need to do something because we're not like gate. Okay. Gage lost. He lost what pretty much was a clean loss. Right. He went through a pane of glass. He lost. That was it. And it's like, great. Where does Gage go now? He says he's going to go. He's going to keep fighting for it, but he lost Mox. He can move on to the next challenger. Who the fuck is the next challenger? Effie seems the most viable option. Oh, we didn't even talk about it with Effie because the world universe didn't want me to do it. Uh, Matt Cardona won because Je- uh, Chelsea Green popped up and uh, hit Effie in the balls. <laughs> so I was going to say Effie would be a good option for Moxley because he's the only person that feels like could be something because he lost the title, he can go up to the world title, but he seems occupied with Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green right now. So it looks like, ro- So yeah, the what? Hammerstein match is probably going to be Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green versus uh, uh, Allie Catch and Effie. That will probably be the Hammerstein match. Um, so yeah, I, it, this entire show to me was kind of disappointing. Each match had something that annoyed me. 
uh, Kevin Gale commentary. Dave Prezak was awesome. I think Dave Prezak did a good job. Mick Foley did a great job in the main event, and Kevin Gale was on his good behavior when Mick Foley was there. But I would prefer the commentary team to be Mick Foley and Dave Prezak moving forward. I wouldn't mind that, honestly. Oh, my God. Uh, well, Mick Foley stepped through the forbidden door. How about that? That's good for him. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of crazy, though, that he was there. Good for him. That's, like, really cool. He did a, before the main event, he did a little, little promo, just like how Ric Flair did a promo at NWA. Um, oh. So it was kind of nice. It was also very weird because he said that, like, the match was so exciting that he wore a fanny pack in case he got a boner. And I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't do the Ric Flair comparison. Uh, but Ooh, uh, that's, that's, uh... So I don't, I don't know Mick Foley. I don't and know it should have just ended this show there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but Mick Foley, I don't know why. It, it was very weird. It was like I was expecting him to cut like a solid promo, and it was just him like, "Let me be serious for a second. Fuck Matt Cardona." And I was like, and then it got a big pop, and I was like, "Okay." I was big hoping, it, I was hoping That's it'd be like more of a love letter, and now we're just kind of doing cheap pops, Mick. What are we doing? Yeah. Hmm. Well, that sounds like a show. That was certainly a show. I would recommend. Wow. I would recommend the main event just to watch it because, and I would me- recommend the first two matches. Other than that, maybe I would also recommend Matt Cardona Effie. Uh, but other than that, I don't I don't know how much I would recommend from this show. Mike Mike yeah. Mikey uh uh in chat is in chat would want me to show respect to Alley Catch and Effie because they do have a tag team name and I did not say it. So uh is there anything else we need to talk about for today? We went long. Um so it was very long. I don't think we have anything left. Yeah, Nothing we were, left in the tank. We were going to talk about Beyond um, Uncharted had officially started, and I had I watched the show and I had thoughts. Quick thoughts were that Alex Shelley and Daniel Garcia was a great match, um, and then they did a title defense for the IWTV Independent World Heavyweight Title, or whatever, the next night, where Alex Shelley won it, uh, and he beat Wheeler Yuta, and the match was pretty good. And then she- Shelley cut the fucking weirdest ass promo. I've ever seen. Have you seen this promo, Scotty? No. It's weird. He basically dunks on people that have dreams. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I was like, are you saying that you should like? He's like, I want you to think about all the things that all the dreams you had when you were a kid, and think of all the th- reasons about whether or not you're there right now. And I was like, are you turning heels, Shelly? He's <laughs> like, he's like, my dreams to be a wrestler, and I'm here. But I and like I, it was like so fucking weird. I was like, "What are you talking about, dude?" This Alex Shelley. Why is he not back at Impact? Uh, I think he, he left Impact because um, of the like his um. He what is he a nurse or something? I think it he's was... a registered nurse, and I think because the pandemic got more, he left yeah. before like the second thing in the winter. Right. But but clearly he can like leave now. So, so why is he not back? I think, based on that promo, which is weird as hell, he uh, prefers independent wrestling right now. He likes independent but wrestling. He I would rather want, do that. But I want the Motor City Machine Guns. I know, I know, man. I want them to go through the forbidden door. <laughs> I want Alex Shelley. I was thinking the other day about you know if Sammy Guevara is going to defend his title against a bunch of like dumb jock wrestlers. Sorry. Yeah, gotta do it every time. Sammy Guevara. Uh, if he's gonna, and my do... mom went the shot. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if he's going to defend his title against a bunch of dumb jock wrestlers like Bobby Fish, then let's dumb let's jock put wrestlers. let's put Davy Richards in there. Let's put Alex Shelley in there. 
You know, let's let's fucking let's fucking go, dude. Let's do it. Why not? That's what I want to see. Forbidden door, my ass. Uh well, now the forbidden door is the best. Well, okay, I gotta we gotta go back to the forbidden door talk for a second. <laughs> we gotta wrap the show, man. This, what are you can't do this. This? Bo- this has been bothering me. I like the forbidden door. Okay, like this isn't me saying I hate it. Okay, are you defending yourself. I have to defend myself because <laughs> I I freaked out, and I just want to make the point that the forbidden door is great. I just don't want to hear the term forbidden door all the time. God. <laughs> Unless Tanahashi gets all the money, then you can say it all the time. You can like, say it however much you want. Because think think about this. Think about how many times people say it, right? Yeah. Tanahashi would be a zillionaire because the amount of times people say it. Like, he would have so much money. I just wanted to say that. I mean, that's fair, man. I don't blame you whatsoever. All right, before we get off, what uh, plugs match of the weeks? One, one, I'm asking you first. We're changing this up because I said so. That's the bottom line. (laughs) What is happening to you? I don't know. I'm I'm way off now. I'm tired. I think I'm dead. Don't don't even act like I'm here. I'm not even here. Uh, I think you did that bit last time, and I got freaked out because I was like, "You gotta interact with me, man! I'm gonna lose my cord." Oh, right. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Ryan, what was your match of the week? My match of the week. I'm looking over my match ratings to see what I had as my highest rated match. What and a mark! It, and it's a tie between three matches, so I'm trying to pick Holy real quick. Crap! What is the star rating? They're all at tied at four. Woo, baby! Um, I think I'm going to go with. I'm trying to think. Promotion, then let me guess. Go ahead. Well, you have to tell me the promotion. Oh well, the t- it's it's a tie between New Japan, New Japan, and AEW. Oh. Okay. Well, I have to tell you which one. I have to guess which. So you have to tell me which one you pick, and then the promotion, and then I'll try to guess. Okay, I see what you're saying. I'm gonna pick. Uh, I'm gonna pick New Japan. Dude. All right, give me a second. Ugh, sorry, I'm yawning. How dare nah. you? We're about to close the show. And doesn't even lo- doesn't look like Evil had a match of top caliber, unfortunately. So that stinks. Okada versus Sonata. Close. That is that is one of the four star matches I picked. Damn not the right damn one. It, damn it! Damn it! Okay. Uh, uh, Great Okan. <laughs> Just him. <laughs> I don't know who he wrestled this week. I'm gonna be. It was it was Jeff Cobb versus Taichi. I'm slightly Ooh. behind on the G1 climax. I heard the Jeff Cobb or uh, the Kota Bushi Great Okan match was really good, and Great Okan is actually stepping up right in a quite great great way right now. But I haven't I seen him. I've seen Jeff Cobb versus Taichi. I thought the match was great. I thought Jeff Cobb and Taichi were like have a weird good chemistry together. Um, I was singing the praises of Jeff Cobb and Taichi last week. Yeah, did I see that match? Yeah, maybe. Sorry, I I do this a lot where I'm looking at things and I'll just talk into That's the fine. void. It, as as, a, as your co-host, I, it's my job to stall as you're looking things up. How old is this? Uh, that was that match, Jeff Cobb versus Taichi. That was on night ten. That was uh the fourth. So that was on Monday. The fourth. Oh, so I definitely didn't watch it. Oh, then there we go. It was a good Wait. match. Who? 
If you watch, if you no, watch, I didn't watch it. If you watched Okada versus, if you watched Okada versus Sonata, you didn't watch Cobb versus Taichi. I didn't watch either one. Oh, <laughs> I just, so just guessing. I didn't watch any. I'm I'm behind. Like nobody's business. I'll catch up someday. I have to catch up for next week, actually. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I gotta catch up too. We gotta I gotta catch up on Impact and G1 Climax. Oh boy. See my the, the yeah whatever. Uh, you you, I, you can say your plugs to end the show because that's how you end the show. But I will go. Uh, I will do. Um, Miyu Mashita versus Maki Ito from Wrestle Princess Two. That yeah. is one of my favorite matches of the entire year. Lots of story in it. If you follow the story of Maki Ito, you know, all for all those people that don't understand, Maki Ito is actually very good, and she is better than Britt Baker. So I don't want to hear it. Sorry, there was this whole thing on Twitter. Um, uh, very good storytelling matches for TJPW does well. Um, TJPW is not for everybody, but Mia Yamashita is, you know, their ace. She is one of the absolute best, and Maki Ito is very easy to cheer for. Um, the only slight turn was the, I guess it wasn't bad. It, none of it was bad. It was a great match, one of the best of the year. So that's my match the the week week i almost said year and i was like that's not true uh anyways i'm rambling so yeah follow me at scott e wrestling on twitter and goodbye you can fo- i mean i gotta do my plugs right he's already gone he left the room he left the zoom he's still he's dead <laughs> he's adam cole now he's dead uh you can follow me on twitter at ryan Nightsy. you can follow the network at Countout pod uh you can listen to the show wherever you like on podcasts and if you really appreciate it uh we have we we do the show live on video form every sunday um on twitch on youtube on twitter on facebook you know any any of our count out stuff there so you can watch the show live uh in person and watch all of our mistakes and fuck-ups in live in person uh or you can also listen to the podcast version of it the audio version uh anywhere you get podcasts uh and if we you can we would greatly appreciate it if you leave a five-star review on apple podcasts hugely important uh it's still the standard in podcasting so you can leave a review it would really help out the show and just tell people about it and if you have any que- questions comments you know send tweet us at tweet us uh, uh you know tweet at at, at count pod i you know i run the account so you know, tweet at me and i'll save it for the show um if you have thoughts on whatever's happening in wrestling week to week we will be back next week talking about a bunch of stuff so we'll see you then talk to you later bye This has been a Countout Podcast.